because I'm I'm insecure and I have to kill people who are more secure than I am because I can't stand that they exist. Because I have a very small penis, okay? It's tiny. And I have to kill people because if they if they know I have my to penis kill people small. because we don't have jacked up trucks that I can drive yet. <laughs> Welcome to Annie Files episode 43, the show where us, a bunch of us nerdy-ass voice actors gather around and talk about what it's like to be a bunch of nerdy-ass voice actors. I'm your host, who's bad at chasing sheep and just trying to look after my little sister, Ryan. With us today we have my little sister who lost her arms when our village was attacked, Chris. I can still kick really good though. And the engineering genius who draws his power from lack of sleep, Dean. Yeah, I, uh, I, I don't ever sleep, and I'm awesome at putting together machines, and uh, I have PTSD so severe, you wouldn't believe it. True to life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we're here to talk about some anime. Uh... Apparently, when I put together this list, I missed one. And not just any anime. I missed a trigger anime. How could you? Shame. I know. Shame. Shame on me. <laughs> That's what the S is for. Oh. It's shame, 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 shame. Five. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, so apparently when I was putting together this list, I just completely missed Scott Gridman. Um... <laughs> Found out about it because Mother's Basement did a video on it. It was like, oh, that's something we need to talk about. That sounds and like And injected the it into thing. this episode. That sounds like the dumbest command you could run in like a Linux command line. <laughs> run stock <laughs> <Scott> Gridman. <laughs> that's uh, the Creepers, right, from Minecraft? Yes. <laughs> they go S on a grid. <laughs> a 3D grid. Oh, so uh, so we've added that to to the doc docket for today. Docket is that the correct word? I feel like that's the correct word. It that's is, a word but for it was yeah. also added to the doc, so <laughs> you could go either way. Uh, we docked Gridman, and um, n- now we're uh here. We put his foreskin in our foreskin. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 um. <laughs> That went to a weird place. <laughs> but before we start talking about anime, Dean, will you play the audio that tells us how we rate the anime that we talk about? Good cue, Ryan. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Here's how the Antifiles rating system works. Our hosts and guests have watched the first episode of the shows we're talking about today. Based on only that first episode, we'll answer five yes or no questions. Did the premise interest you? 
Did the production impress you? Did the storytelling impress you? Did you enjoy the first episode? Did the first episode make you interested to see more? The way we interpret the word impress can make the Andy Files rating system tougher than some. Being decent or merely good won't be enough to stand out, and some of us may have higher standards than others. Each question answered yes earns the show one point, adding up to a total between zero and five per host. All of our scores are then combined to derive a cumulative score between zero and 100%, letting you know at a glance if we collectively liked the show. And now, let's get to our first show. So the first show we have to talk about today is Bloom Into You. Uh, Dean, you want to tell us about this one? Yeah, I'll tell you about this show. So this is a show that was made by people who thought it would be a good idea to make this show. Um, and I guess I can't say they were particularly wrong. Move out of the way tab. I'm trying to get to my notes. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was trying to vamp, but the tab wouldn't move. Um, all right. Bloomadio. Okay, so this show, um, this is about a, a girl who likes songs and emotions, but doesn't have them. She, <laughs> she hasn't ever experienced romantic attraction, apparently. And she doesn't understand what it is. Um, and she had a dude who confessed to her at her middle school graduation, by the way, graduations for middle school, even in Japan, this is fucking ridiculous. So she, she had a dude confess to her at her middle school graduation and she was like, hold that thought for months, apparently. And didn't know how to, (laughs) yeah, right. I thought it was like three months. It was a few because it went over the Mm. summer and then they went back to school for a little bit. I, I feel like they're, um, I think their summers are shorter than ours, though. Their summers are shorter than ours. I, I think are. they said in the dialogue just like it was a month or something. But I could It be might have okay. been. But apparently that made him a very serious suitor as opposed to kind of a total bitch. Like, if, she, if I were like, hey, let's go out. And she's like, I'll get back to you in a month. I'd be like, never mind. <laughs> but apparently that's not the way <laughs> things go here. Yeah, I was like, I was like, <laughs> if I was that guy at that point, I've just given up. Right. It's like she's if she gets back to me, it's going to be with a no. And if like on the off chance she says yes, I don't know that I'm that interested anymore. <laughs> right. There's no shortage of semi attractive chicks when you're in high school. When you're in high school, it's like you're looking around. You're a, a stump that is the right shape can be attractive to a high school student. There's no there's no like there's there's no reason to wait around anyway. Um, OK, so she doesn't know. She wants to know what love is. And she does. Maybe don't hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> so she ends up going around and she's uh, she ends up talking to the student council chick because she doesn't know what club she wants to join. And she gets like Shanghai to helping out the student council uh, set up for shit. So she's thinking about joining the student council and she's all down for that. Apparently, at some point, I don't know. Uh, she witnesses this dude confess to this other chick and the other chick's like, nah, not going to happen, bruh. Uh, and apparently this happens all the time for her. Which is fine. I don't care. And then they move on. Skip fast forward to uh, she's not sure how to turn this dude down. So she goes to the chick in the student council and she's like, hey, I saw you turn this dude down. And apparently you do this all the time. So I'd like to know how to turn this dude down. And she's like, I'll help you by standing here and holding your hand and giving you no advice. Just 
you say whatever comes to mind. And so she calls the guy with the with the student council chick standing there holding her hand. She calls the guy and she's like, hey, I'm I'm this isn't going to happen. And he's like, bitch, it's been months. I'm beyond it. What do you why are you calling me? I haven't talked to you in. Well, to be fair, he called her and he actually said thank you after that. So, I mean, it was it went yes. a little bit more cordially than that. No, she yeah, he, she he sent him have. a she sent him a text and was like, hey, I want to, to talk to you at this time today. So it was like, hey, call me when you have a minute. Right. And so and, and so then he calls her. Right. And the conversation went rather cordially. Um, and he didn't ask, what the fuck you call me a month later for? This is this is kind of rude. But outside of that, um, he, <laughs> shit. so anyway, the, the reason that the student council chick turns everybody down is because nobody's made her heart flutter, uh, which is a good thing. It means you have normal, uh, you don't have arrhythmia. You have a normal heart beat that pumps at a standard rate. You're fine. Anyway. So apparently she has a heart attack when she's holding this other chick's hand and she's like, my heart flutters now. And then she wants to, I don't know, have, have girl sex with her. That's the understanding that I'm left with by the show. And she's like, hey, I, um, I'm, a, I'm attracted to you, other girl. And the girl's like, what? And she says, never mind, sorry. And then it moves on. That's the show. I really liked this show. I wanted like, a to whole like lot. it. I so badly <laughs> wanted to like it. I couldn't. It's it's a slice of it's very slice of life. Mm. It's romance. It's not a uh it's not like a it's not like a rom com. A lot of the romance shows that we get are, are are comedies or like really dramatic, like there's a spin on the world that makes it really dramatic or something like that. This is none of that. This is a straight-ahead romance, mm. and I found it boring. I don't know. I mean, you say it's straight-ahead, and yet I felt like it um, had a very different take on romance than we see in a lot of anime. Um, the exploring how you don't have these romantic feelings and how to let people down um, is actually, like, a real thing that people probably deal with a lot. Um, if not, like, not having romantic feelings at all, like, not with a particular person. And how do you deal with, you know, breaking that to them? Um, and it's it's just the very different. It felt like a very different sort of take on the typical. Um, oh, I want to confess, but I'm too nervous. And now I'm going to confess. And oh, it went well. And now we're dating or whatever. Um, or being being the, like from the perspective of the one who gets rejected. And now, like, you know, their life just spirals downhill because they got rejected or whatever. Um, so I, I I liked the fresh take on it. I thought that that was really good, and actually it was it was well done. It, like the characters felt believable. Um, one of the things that jumped out to me actually was the animation. Um, gave the characters a lot of personality. Um, mm-hmm. there were parts of the animation that I thought weren't super well done. Like some parts where the lip sync was way way off. But um, oh yeah, the the expressions and kind of the movements and stuff like that actually made the people feel believable, which I thought was really cool. My first note on this show is that the style is kind of unique and. and mm-hmm. Um, it, and it is, it's a, it seems to be well-made all the way down. This show, it's not exactly, but this show kind of has that Otome look and feel. Yeah, a little bit. The last time, last time we covered an Otome, I was like, I really wish 
that some show that wasn't in Otome that I was actually interested in had this style. Mm -hmm. This show kind of has that. Mm -hmm. Um, that's that's I, I liked it. I liked the style quite a bit. I and in some ways, this show felt more mature than some of the romance shows that we get. In mm -hmm. other ways, it felt more naive. Like the mm -hmm. there's. I don't like. I know it's part and parcel to the genre, but I don't like the whole, hey, I like you. Uh, do what now? Never mind. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it's, that's an <clears throat> annoying trope to me. It's like, speak like humans. Human beings, when you, when you come out and say something like, hey, I like you, the other human goes, uh, is that the case? And then they respond in a way that is appropriate to how they feel about the situation. They don't <laughs> do what now? Oh, uh, never mind. I never said that. And I'm going to pretend I never said that. You can't do that. And then things get awkward and you just like slowly drift apart over time. <laughs> right. <laughs> or things go well. Or things go well. And it's like, I like you. And it's like, cool. Let's go bone in the back of my van. Things sometimes go well. That's going well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. It, is it, can, it can also not. That cannot happen. It can still go well. In, the, in theory. Yeah, well, I mean, theoretically, but that's boring. <laughs> maybe Welcome you go see life. a movie then and bone in the back of the theater <laughs> I'd, I'd watch an anime about cute high school girls driving vans <laughs> in Japan <laughs> in Japan yeah That's where the roads school. are tiny it's, it's just like there's, there's just like three minutes just single shot uncut of her trying to park her van <laughs> and like <laughs> Doing like a nine point turn to try and get into the parking spot. The now parking I want to see lot the anime. The high school's just chock full of panel vans. <laughs> I want to see the anime about um, high school van enthusiasts. Like that's just like there's like this little niche club of people who are just like super into vans for some reason. It wasn't an anime, but you and can watch Days like, and Confused. There were some deadheads there that had a van. <laughs> There's there's a, a running joke through the whole season about one member of the club who's not into Vans but is into Vans the shoes. Mm. So she's just like, oh, look at these sick <laughs> shoes I got. And they're she like, joined, you don't really belong in this club. She joined the wrong club. I love that. <laughs> uh, that would actually, I would watch the shit out of that. <laughs> uh, but on the topic of this show. Um, I haven't really talked about it on this podcast because it hasn't been super relevant, but uh, when Dean and I were doing Drinky Files, we'd talk about this all the time and how I kind of identify as like asexual, aromantic, somewhere on there. And so I found the main character of this show like super relatable. I thought the whole you might. show was like, oh, I my feels. I, I, yep, I understand. I get I, it. I'm, that, si I'm sitting here like, uh, like I, I know for a fact. That Ryan's going to identify with this MC for that reason alone. And I'm just mm -hmm. like, I, I just couldn't do it because I'm not. I'm not that way. I, I have very strong romantic attractions and, and not just sexual. But I'm like, I, I, I just couldn't. That's part of the reason I couldn't get into it. And that's part of the reason I figured you might be able to. Yeah, that was a lot of why I like this show so much. It's just because I found that so relatable. And, um, and it's underrepresented. I didn't know. Like it's not I do know, that kind of thing isn't represented very often in media anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, was actually I do know based on the description sorry, of the show, 
that uh, it's it is a Yuri. It's a, a lesbian mm-hmm. love story. So at some point, I won't be able to relate anymore. But I'm still on board for the story of this character. Mm-hmm. I was actually kind of curious of where they were going was um, a show about being ace as opposed to lesbian. Um, I'm not sure if there would be as big a market for that, um, but I think it would be super interesting to see that. Yeah. Yeah. It's possible they could go that route. Cause I know, but I also know that Yuri's are getting weirdly common. Like we just had citrus a couple seasons ago, mm-hmm. which I liked quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm the only person that stuck with citrus, but, um, I watched it all. Did I, you watch I it? I wouldn't all? say it was, I thought you dropped. Yeah, I wouldn't. No, I, I watched, I finished it. Okay. I wouldn't say it was a super fantastic show. That Citrus felt more like, it felt like Yuri Bait, even though it was full Yuri, it was more fetishized. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit, and it's, the the whole conceit was a little strange. I don't know why I liked it, Oops. I just did. It has everything in it that I hate. It has the tropey, like... We're we're step siblings like thing, and it has all the stuff that makes me want to hate a show. But for some reason, I dug it. <laughs> Couldn't have been the lesbians. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I thought um, I thought about you watching this show. I was like, I wonder what Ryan's going to say about this, and you said precisely what I thought you might. Yeah, no, it just was very relatable. The characterization of the MC felt very true to life, um, at least for me. That's, uh, that's actually what I was wondering, is how accurate it's going to be. And I think there's a possibility it could end up pissing you off. Depending upon how they have her art go, as someone who does identify with that main character, it could it could end up making you mad. I'm very interested to see if you follow could. the show what happens. Yeah, I... Spoilers for our ratings later. I do plan on on keeping up with this show to see what happens. Um, since I know going in that it is a romance, um, I kind of expect at some point that the main character will stop being relatable to me. Right, but, there's going to be um, a turn. So, I don't, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, ratings for this show. Dean, you want to start? I, um... Look, I I found this show kind of boring for me. Uh, did this, does is the okay? So the system, all right. Did the scenario interest me? Actually, yes. The conceit of the show I did find kind of interesting. I thought it. I thought it. I thought it could definitely be interesting. Um. And as far as production goes, yeah, I was very interested in this style. I thought the it actually gets a point for both of those for me. The style of the show was great. It was kind of unique for what it is, and I thought it looked good. I thought it looked good, and it looked good in, in a way that, like, I'll remember this show when talking about something that looks like this later on down the road. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> as far as storytelling goes, I was unimpressed. I found the characters to be relatively flat there wasn't really anything that made me interested in them um the student council girl is pretty much just what what she needed to be to tell the story and i i don't know yeah, maybe just, 
she's like literally CCCV from any student council president in any other high school show. That's that's right. And she so it kind of I don't know. She maybe maybe she gets I am assuming she's going to get better characterization as the show goes on. But there wasn't really anything with her that made me interested. Main character, as I said, I couldn't really identify with. Um, so that's just because of me. Um, did I enjoy the first episode? I'm going to say no. It, I, I really struggled to stay into it. Uh, and then the first episode made me interested to see more. No. So that's two points. Um, I'm going to be more lenient on this show <laughs> in, case, in case you couldn't tell. Did the scenario interest me? Yeah. Uh, it's good to see LGBT representation in anime because it's pretty rare. Um, that was part of the reason I liked Citrus, even though I don't think Citrus was a super great show overall. Uh, did the production impress me? Yeah, uh, like Chris said, they did some interesting characterization with the animation. I really like the style of it. Um... Again, like Chris said, the the lip syncing or matching the the animation of the mouth to the actual VO was not good in some places, but overall, um, I think it was pretty good, so I'll give it a point for that. Uh, did the storytelling impress me? I'm going to give it a point. I probably shouldn't, but just because I identified with the main character so well, and I liked how she was written, um, all the other characters are at least in the first episode, pretty bland. I did enjoy the first episode, and I am interested to see more, to see the arc. So that is actually a perfect five for me, for a show that, that maybe doesn't deserve a perfect five, but... Uh, no. I feel like our latest update makes it easier to get higher scores than it used to be. Um, mm-hmm. Not necessarily that that's a bad thing, but... Which maybe it should be, right? Because <laughs> standards for quality... You have to at some point respect the medium, and mm. the the quality of anime varies greatly. With the high end being relatively sparse, mm-hmm. so I mean we've never really been about rating quality. Like we've said many times before, we're not doing like one right, to five stars. Right. We're not doing one to ten. So this is about enjoyment. And so if your enjoyment mm-hmm. was five out of five, then there you go. That's 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 what I like about this system better. Is that it? it Rather than trying to lean objective, we actually lean more into the subjectivity of it. And that, that to me, I think makes it better. Mm-hmm. Um, I did want to point out, I think you mentioned Citrus uh, uh, during your thing, and it made me think of something. I think the thing that Citrus had that this didn't is that Citrus had, the characters had a visual personality. Um... One of them is a gal, and the other one is dour and stoic. And you can see it in their dress, you can see it in their attitudes. They had, they, their characterization was, it was, a char- it, was, it was caricatured, but it made it obvious sort of what their personality was. And I think that's one thing that Citrus had that this show didn't have for me. Uh, sorry to interrupt, okay. it's Chris's turn. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Um, yeah, so my ratings. Did the premise interest me? Um, I would say not much more than usual, at least not to begin with. Um, I did like that it went in kind of an atypical direction, but I wouldn't say that it's the type of show that would inherently make me interested. 
Um, but did the production impress me? Like I said, I think it did. Um, and I was kind of going back and forth a little bit while I was watching. It's like, oh, that's really pretty. Ooh, that lip sync. You know, like uh, there were a mm-hmm. few scenes where the animation looked like a little bit lazy, kind of like cutting some corners. But I think I was impressed enough that I'm going to go ahead and give it a point there. Um, and I really did like the style. The style was pretty cool. Um, did the storytelling impress me? Yes, it did, actually. Um, I think that the story they were telling was told well. Um, I thought the characters were interesting. And I think that this is where I'll give it like a little bit of a point for kind of going in an atypical direction. I thought that um, it was believable and, you know, I could also relate, I thought, to um, some of just like the the discomfort of all this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that that was really well done. I liked I liked the characters quite a bit. Um, did I enjoy the first episode? Yeah, um, pretty much for those reasons I just said. I thought it was um, a good watch. Uh, did the first episode make me interested to see more? Um I think I'm going to give it a no on this one. Um, I think I could see myself still watching it, but it's not really because the first episode is like, oh, man, I got to keep watching. It's more that I think it would just continue to be solid if I did. So uh, I'm not going to say yes on that one, but it looks like a three overall for me. That brings our total score to a 10 or 66.6 repeating percent. Uh, The next show we have to talk about is... uh Gaikotsu Shotenin Honda-san, or Skull-Faced Bookseller Honda-san, which is a, it's a short, uh, the episodes are 15 minutes, I believe. And split into like two little skits. Yeah, and it was split into two parts, and it's just about a skeleton who works at a bookstore, um, and you're like, oh, are people constantly coming up to him asking why he's a skeleton the answer is no he's just a skeleton who works at a bookstore and this is completely normal (laughs) apparently Um, everyone else who works at the bookstore has some quirk too like one's wearing like mm -hmm. a knight helmet and a bunch of other people have other stuff yeah one of the was there pumpkin there's someone with the paper bag on their head Mm -hmm. uh those are actually the only two gimmicks i remember Everyone has a gimmick at this bookstore. And it's all head-based gimmicks. <clears throat> oh, you're right. It was. Mm-hmm. Um, Everyone's normal from the neck down. And this show is kind of just like my adventures at working in a bookstore. Mm-hmm. It's super chill. Uh... And it's just like it's this guy helping people find the books they want. And um, there's one really intense scene where he promises to like give the best customer service <laughs> to his precious customers. <laughs> and then it goes back to being a normal ass show about someone working in a bookstore. <laughs> um, mm. He says Nobody on a couple working. occasions that... Uh, it's it's actually like a really uh you know stimulating job. <laughs> it's it's not it's not boring. I remember, it's like it's just uh, a very it's it, very it really is like slice of life just with that one visual quirk mm-hmm. of him being a skeleton, really. Right. <laughs> I yeah. remember working in retail and the one time that I was there behind the counter at the bakery section at the Walmart and I said, "I'm going to give the best customer service." Everybody looked at me <laughs> and I got called into the office and you know, I ended up getting fired for that. So it would be it would be strange, I think, for someone working in retail to have that attitude. <laughs> so you're a little too excited about this. Like, I know that the training video says we want you to be friendly and outgoing and excited, but 
We really don't. <laughs> God, the training videos. <laughs> training videos are just universally bad. There are three shifts. When you get hired on at Walmart, your first three shifts, you're watching training videos and answering quiz questions on those training videos. And it is easy money, but it's garbage. <laughs> Incidentally, my day job is trying to make training videos less, less terrible. So, Bless you, sir. Bless you. <laughs> the hero we need. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um... I don't know that I have a lot to say about this show. It it kind of like each part, so like the first half and then the second half, they have like a gimmick of like, all right, we're we're talking about these kinds of customers. And so in the first half it was customers who like have pulled up a book on their phone that they can't find in store and so they're asking the uh this employee for help finding this particular book. And so that's the gimmick in the first half. And in the second half, it's Fujoshi and girls who are into BL or boys love. Um, a lot of foreign girls too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of foreign girls, a lot of, there were a lot of foreign people in this show because like the very first guy that, um, the very first customer that our main character interacts with is also foreign, but mm. he's uh, he's not into BL. He's looking for a doujinshi. For his daughter. <laughs> for his daughter, mm. yeah. Whose um, age is not made clear. <laughs> 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 but the I feel like part of the show is making fun of the globalization of mangaka. You know what I mean? Like I feel like it's making fun of the globalization of people who want to make and and consume manga. How do you say? I don't I don't know that I agree with that. Because his responses to them, I'm not saying it's making fun of it outright like like this shouldn't be happening and it's a bad thing. It just felt like he cuz he even mentions like this is getting so globalized, it's crazy. But it's more like from that angle of like it, this is crazy than <laughs> this is bad. You know what I mean? Like all I these I read that I read that more as being uncomfortable um because every time mm -hmm. that a doujinshi would come up, it was like Oh, crap, that's a boys love thing. Like that was pervasive throughout the first two episodes. Like most of the conflict arose from him being embarrassed about having to engage on this subject with his customers. And so mm -hmm. um, right. I think it's more just like if I if I was working in a bookstore and I was asked to help someone identify like, hey, which of these porn books is the best one? I'm like, uh, um, this one, I guess <laughs> like this is an uncomfortable situation right now. But it's interesting because that's kind of contrasted through the mostly the second half. It's kind of contrasted with the people who like it and are just open about liking it and are totally mm -hmm. cool. Just walk up and be like, what's the best book you have that has dudes fucking in it? And it's like, <laughs> ah! <laughs> well, it's interesting, too, as he points out that like these these people are so much different than like, you know, the um, the mangaka from here that I know. Um, I guess it's like maybe uh, I I'd want to. Uh, clear this up because uh, manga manga creators is, right yeah the creators yeah. the person mm -hmm. who writes i fucked up the manga I mm -hmm. yeah i think he did say though mangaka specifically like the people yeah, who i make fucked this up when i said from it. here yeah well i i, I should have not used that phrase i actually tried to cover my ass later on in the next sentence turn it back you'll hear it um <laughs> <laughs> that, that's another anime <laughs> Yeah, it's I, I was I would I actually 
Did did either of you laugh I, out loud watching this show? Not out loud. Yes. I did too. Well, kind of a, a chuckle. Yeah. yeah. I, I found it amusing. I also, though, like, I don't know if I would, and I don't think it's meant for repeat watching. I'm not sure if I'd find it amusing the second time. Um, I think, honestly, part of it was just that I thought that the, the skull gimmick was kind of funny. Um, it was. So the entire time this was going on, I was like, is this skull face gimmick necessary? Mm-hmm. Like, would I still be interested in this show without that gimmick? Mm-hmm. And I don't actually know the answer yeah, I think the author was thinking it's, the same thing because I think they right. wanted to just make a workplace comedy about working in a bookstore, but people wouldn't care unless there was something to kind of be like, "Oh, look, it's the guy with the skull face," and so it's, it's yeah, just not so even, even it's not even really brought up. <laughs> yeah, it's not mentioned at all, except for in like the opening dialogue, which sets it up to be way more important than it actually is in the show. Mm-hmm. And so it definitely feels like a thing where like. Some some producer somewhere was like, all right, so we'll pick up your manga and we'll publish it. But you need you need like a gimmick. You need something to draw people in. Like, what if your main character was a skeleton and you you like you like talk about the kinds of people who are bookstore clerks? And you're like, but wait, I'm not like that. I'm a skeleton. And the manga was like, um, uh, yeah, I can work that in. That's uh, that totally doable. Like, great. You sign here and he's like all it's right actually, so actually the <laughs> ultimate um bookstore clerk is not gonna get fingerprints on anything and you you're immune to paper cuts it's perfect <laughs> yeah, actually, so so they they run wonderful. through the <laughs> shtick and then like never pay it off again but it's just it's kind of this thing in the back of your mind that you're like you're kind of thinking about and so <laughs> right. i don't I don't know if I would be interested in this show if it didn't have that gimmick or not. Mm-hmm. One thing that it does seem to do is that it divorces the show further from reality. So, like, if it were just regular, uh, not <clears throat> skeleton characters, like, if he were just a regular, um, skin-faced book- bookseller, <laughs> he would, it would feel too, <laughs> The like, title weird- calls that out, too. <laughs> <laughs> Meatbag bookseller. <laughs> it would be it, it to me it would make the situations less funny and more awkward but if there's all these gimmicks like all this stuff that that just pulls the show right out of reality and it lets you kind of exist in this world where everything's weird and dumb then you can be a little absurd man, without it being yeah. Exactly. An old man coming up with the cell phone with obvious tentacle porn for his daughter that he's trying to buy. And he comes up and he's like, help me find this. And that was a, uh, that was gay tentacle porn too. Wasn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. it was <laughs> with, with, with that on, on the phone, like, Hey, help me find this for my daughter. It, it would feel creepy and weird and bad if it weren't divorced from reality so dramatically. So I, I, I think I, it serves a purpose in that way. I want to talk about that, but first, can we just take a minute to appreciate the balls on this girl to ask her father to buy that kind of porn for her like <laughs> hey pop this is the shit i'm into buy me a stack of it <laughs> like good on you girl holy shit i couldn't do that i wonder um, just like if he was just kind of oblivious to it though because like they mentioned like he's got the dead fish eyes 
They played it off that way, but it's like, how? I I mean, you look at the cover and like, that suggests something. (laughs) I don't know. But well, the cover had a content rating on it. Like he has to, he has to have clued in a little bit. (laughs) But if I was in his shoes and my daughter asked for that, I would definitely tune it out and be like, I'm just going to buy a book for my, do you have this book? (laughs) Do do you have it? No. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> just like pretend like i don't know what's going on oh wait a minute it's not for his daughter it's for him but he wants to cover that up so he goes in and he says hey i need to buy this book for my daughter it's definitely for my daughter not for me it's for my daughter do you have it <laughs> that's what happened and you see that's the brilliance of the show it like leaves questions like this open-ended for the audience to explore and to exactly. discuss now the level of depth in this show is just unmatched <laughs> Speaking of um, the gimmick, I, I actually kind of wish that the rest of the staff wasn't um, like weird head people. Right? I kind of wish mm-hmm. it was just Honda-san who was the, like, he's like, we got one school person here. Nobody mentions it. It's just kind of a thing. And I don't know, there's something they just felt. I don't know. I just didn't like having everyone else have a gimmick too. For some there's reason. a living skeleton in this world and everyone else ignores that is better mm-hmm. than there's a living skeleton in this world and also a guy with a pumpkin head and also a guy with a night's helmet and also a guy with a yeah. I, you're yeah i agree um i wanted to to talk a little bit dean because i thought you hit on something interesting about like if this was uh just a normal human being working at a bookstore how much more awkward that would make these interactions i think i would i don't know how i would feel about that show i think that's way more interesting of a premise like how awkward it is to to like help people buy porn in a bookstore. Um, but as someone who gets really bad second hand embarrassment, is that what it's, is that That's the term? Exactly yeah. Right. I was going to point that I out. I think, yeah. I think at that point, maybe the show wouldn't be for me, even though I was more interested in the premise. So maybe it's better. It would that, render it mm-hmm. unwatchable for me. It, it would, and not mm-hmm. because of a quality thing, just because it would be so embarrassing to sit there and watch that. I, I wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah, I get secondhand embarrassment really bad when I go to like high school plays or something like that. I'm just like, mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I will get up and leave. I will be the only person in my apartment watching a show on Netflix. Get up and leave in the middle of an episode and just leave it running so that I can come back at some later time yep, when yep. whatever I, the I fuck is going on is yep. done. <laughs> There's been embarrassing shit happening on a show, and I'm just like, okay, what's on the phone? It's like a parent during a sex scene that you're watching with your 13-year-old kid, but it's like, nah, I'm not gonna, except I could actually do that. Like, the sex scene thing wouldn't bother me, but secondhand embarrassment is, I feel like it has the same feeling for me. (laughs) I think maybe the difference between mine and yours is that I'm, I don't get embarrassed at things happening in shows. I get embarrassed more of a medicine, so like when I mentioned the high school play, I'm embarrassed for the kid who is acting, not what's happening in the play. <laughs> I'm so sad that all of you have been put through this. <laughs> I just <laughs> yeah. I also get that kind of secondhand embarrassment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I solve that by not going to high school plays. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> that's more. That's for me. That's more of like a situational thing. Like if. If you're at a place and something embarrassing is happening to another human being, but it's not embarrassing because nobody in that place actually cares, everyone's just kind of into it, then I'm more likely to not 
care either. Um, but when it's just me watching a show and there's a character that ostensibly I'm supposed to care about and there's something incredibly embarrassing happening to them, <laughs> I'm getting secondhand embarrassment watching this podcast. <laughs> you know what? You're an empathetic person. That's good for you. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I, I don't know. I just feel that kind of, I get it really bad from shows like that. Except Citrus didn't do it to me, and it did it to you, Ryan. There was that there was that moment in Citrus where she goes up to make this like big announcement in front of all the kids, and you got really bad secondhand embarrassment out of that. You told me, and oh like, yeah, yeah. I I didn't. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, this makes sense for the show. <laughs> I um, we need to wrap up about this this anime, but uh, in uh um. Rascal dream, doesn't dream of bunny girl senpai. There's there's a scene where he has to he goes outside to the the field and just screams at the school while everyone is taking tests how much he loves this character um for he and he's got good reasons for it. It's it is for reasons. It is for reasons. It is for reasons. And I was like, I didn't get it real bad then because he was like, this is going to be really embarrassing. And he clearly understood what he was doing and knew the cost of what he was going to do and had to do it anyways. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't get it as bad. It's like, oh, this I'm a little uncomfortable here, but it wasn't too bad. But yeah, like like you were saying, the obliviousness is what really gets me. (laughs) Yeah, that's you're right. You're right. That, that that is what it is. When someone's embarrassed and they don't know it, it hurts physically. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's just cringe. <laughs> um, one thing that might be worth mentioning real quick that we haven't really touched on is the style of this show is uh, very sort of motion comic-y. Um, mm-hmm. it, it looks like it's pretty much just a motion manga, um, and I'm sure it's based on a manga. Um, so... That, that was kind of cool. I thought it was well done. Um, clearly kind of like a low budget thing, but they do it in kind of like a fun stylized way. Um, and the subject matter is simple enough that they don't need anything more than just like walk, like just sort of like take the figure and just like sort of like shake it up and down while you move it right. Um, like three or four different emotions per character, that sort of thing. Right. Um, even um, school face guy pretty much just has his like standard straight ahead um and then his talking and then like kind of the surprised face where like it almost looks like the style changes it gets like weirdly like derezzed <laughs> and, and um, more cartoony like, ah. it gets really cartoony when he gets mm-hmm. like his embarrassed surprise face like hey yeah. check out this book with boys fucking is it okay and they're like no i don't like this book with boys fucking in it and he's like shit ah this book with boys fucking is it okay it has muscles <laughs> <laughs> and they're like good <laughs> so yeah <laughs> I, the, I think the one thing that um and maybe they did this on purpose um to kind of like have thematic episodes even though the two skits were supposed to be like different stories um right. i kind of wish they had in the first episode not back to back bl themed stuff mm-hmm. um just because it almost suggests that like this is what the show is about um there's an implication that there's a lot more to it but i kind of wish there was like they did be on one and maybe something else on the other just so it's like Hey, there's more to this than just being awkward about porn. So it's actually know. probably a good idea that they went with. Uh, I hadn't thought of this, but it's probably a good idea that they went with uh, with Yuri Yuri's boys, right? Uh, I can't girls. remember. 
Okay. Yuri is lesbian. Yaoi yes. is it's gay. It's probably a good thing they went with Yaoi and BL stuff because the kinds of characters that you would have to draw for, uh, like, yeah, that it would just be a bunch of big neck bearded dudes. Like that would just be your thing among them, by the way. But yeah, it would just be, <laughs> it would have to be like the kind of character models you would draw. You couldn't have any like ostensibly attractive chicks who are looking for these books that embarrass our main character. It would just be a bunch of like big dudes with like curly ponytails. <laughs> Look, I really need magical, gr- magical girl, Susie. I, I need the next book in the series right now. Give me all. Do of you, you have, have it? <laughs> Magical girl Susie, by the way, because <laughs> I just couldn't come up with a Japanese-sounding name. Hey, hey it's, it's it's all about that globalization. You know, it's like it's becoming more popular overseas, and so they're being inclusive. They're bringing in a uh, a foreign magical girl. The the English accents in this show made me laugh. <laughs> The there was it, it, it's Japanese voice actors doing English accents, and I, I don't know. There was something about that that was just funny to me because that, in the context of the show, they should have their accent. They should it should be like American English coming out of this dude, but instead it's Japanese accented English, and that made me laugh. So incidentally, um, at least with words that have been um like basically like English words that are being said in Japanese, they actually tend to go with British pronunciations. Um, Mm -hmm. So like instead of having like a hard R at the end of a word, um, they'll have like an ah sound instead. Um, This is an example. Now, of course, when they're speaking English, that might be a different story, but I could see how if you're saying English words in Japanese enough, your tendency was going to be to say those words with that kind of slant. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, How long? How long have we been talking about this show? Uh, 20 minutes, 12 seconds. The entirety of the time we have to talk about it. (laughs) So we've been talking about this show for longer Longer than than the the show show. was. Yeah, Yeah. We did Um, did divert a little bit, so. Didn't uh, hate it, thought it was funny. (laughs) Scores for this show. Did the scenario interest me? Actually, no. Um, I thought it was kind of a dumb gimmick just premise wise and i wasn't super interested uh did the but that being said did the production impress me yeah um not so much in like the quality of the animation or anything because we talked about how it's it's kind of motion comic-y although i thought they did that to really good effect um the the style was good um did the storytelling impress me? Yes, I actually was pretty interested in what was happening, um, in spite of not being interested in the scenario initially. Did I enjoy the first episode? Yes. Did the first episode make me want to see more? Yes, uh, which is brings it to a four for me. Chris, what are your ratings? Um, so the premise, I think I will say, did interest me because um, I actually got a sneak peek of the show. Um, someone reposted one of the scenes on Twitter. And so I saw that and I was like, OK, this is kind of funny. Like, it's basically just, you know, bookstore, you know, slice of work um, with this skeleton. And no one seems to be noticing these as skeleton. OK, I'm kind of I'm kind of into this idea. Um, production. So, yeah, as I, well, the premise did interest me. The production, I will say. 
I thought it was solid, especially for what it was doing. But I'm not going to say it impressed me. Um, I just thought it was it was fun, but not super impressive. Um, storytelling, I'm also going to say didn't impress me. Um, again, it was kind of fun and the comedy was amusing, um, but it wasn't anything that like blew me away. Um, did I enjoy the first episode? Yes. Um, I had a fun time watching it. Um, did the first episode make me interested to see more? Um, it's a lot like the last one for me. Um, I could see myself watching more, but I wasn't really hooked by it. So I'm going to say no on that. So I guess it's a three overall for me. A three? I counted two. Uh, premise, uh, production didn't. Uh, oh yeah, no, it's two. Yeah, you're right. My bad. Dean? Um, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Ryan. I actually thought when I first read about, when I first read the description for the show, I was like, nope, sounds stupid, not interested. Uh, and so, no, the scenario does not impress me at all. It didn't, anyway. Uh, the production, though, I was impressed by the production. That kind of paper cutout animation, this is more dynamic than the best Adult Swim style paper cutout animation. Like, this... It's it's about as good as that style of animation can get. So I'm I'm definitely going to say it, it did impress me. The storytelling, look, they're shorts. So it's, here's a skit, it goes fast, boom, there's comedy. And then here's a skit, it goes fast, boom, there's comedy. 15 minutes, you're in, you're out, it's done. Um, so there's not much storytelling to speak of, but... What we did get out of characterization, out of sort of the situations that he was in, I did enjoy. And I, I found myself laughing a few times. Um, so I'm going to say yes on that. Yeah, I enjoyed the first episode. I thought it was fun and entertaining. And am I interested to see more? I think yes, because the, as a palate cleanser, I think this serves really well. Um, it's difficult to judge it because it's it shorts within a short. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, I mean, you're not gonna, there's no story to get engrossed in, but as a palate cleanser, I'll, I'll definitely go back to this. If I'm between episodes and you know, I, there's going to be a weird mood shift between those two episodes and I don't want them to affect one another. I'll definitely go watch an episode of this to just kind of recenter and go in neutral to the next one. Um, or at least in a good mood with a, with a character who has no palate. That's exactly right. <laughs> um, so yeah, is that a no? That's a four for me. That is a four. Yeah, it's a four. I it, it's a four. I thought I gave this show a five for a second. And I was like, really? No. <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> this is the episode uh, of surprise fives. Yeah. So that brings our total uh, for Skullface bookseller Hondas on to a ten or sixty six point six percent. Uh, Chris, you want to tell us about our next show? I'm glad I could keep running. Yes. Um, this one is not what we expected. It's not about a, a political sca uh, scandal that resulted in someone having to um, possibly drop out of the race but keep running. It's also just kind of a bad translation um, because I think that what they actually meant was I'm glad I could keep chasing my dreams. Um, I guess maybe oh, the verb for yeah. chasing got translated as running. Um so it's actually not it's also not about like, you know, track and field, which was kind of the thing that I defaulted to. Um, it's actually this a, show a show about a bunch of nerdy ass voice actors playing D&D. &D. <laughs> nope, just nerdy ass voice actors trying to uh, be professional nerdy ass voice actors. Um, so, yeah, we have this uh, MC who um, 
basically gets off a call with his mom and he's like, oh, man, she's going to be calling me every day now, isn't she? And he seems upset about that. Um, but then he finds a, uh, a USB um, with a note that says to the new tenant. Uh, and so he plugs Did it in. Yeah, that entire scene. I was going, don't put it in your computer. That's a bad idea. This is how you <laughs> no, get no, viruses. No, this is an awful idea. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And then he does it. I'm like, ah, oh, well, your computer's fucked now. You've yeah. got a key logger now. You've got a key logger. Good for you. You fucking moron. You do that, not put the, strange USBs in your computer. <laughs> that's the mid-season twist. Like, you thought it was just a video, uh, this audio track from his uh, previous tenant. Um, but it's actually a key logger and she, we find out later that she was playing him the whole time. Um, his whole bank account's been wiped out and he's just sitting there like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> but, uh, basically the, uh, the USB has an audio file. Um, it's basically a recording. It's kind of an audio note from the person who lived in that, uh, that place before him. And she's talking about how, um, you know, like, let's both do our best together. You know, I have only fond memories of this place and blah, 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 blah. And it's kind of this like this feel good kind of moment um, gets a nice view of the river outside. Um, and then he starts going to school and uh, there's some classes where like right off the bat, the uh, instructor wants them to start performing in front of everyone. So it's like, read this line off of this page. And so they do. And uh, his, his uh, shtick is that he uh, seems to be a pretty natural voice actor, but he doesn't have a lot of, uh, he doesn't have a lot of, oomph. he doesn't put a lot of emotion into his characters apparently. Um, <laughs> So that's something that he's constantly getting uh, criticized for. Uh, meanwhile, he actually discovers while his classmates and him are at karaoke, they stop singing partway through and just start practicing voice acting together. Um, and he overhears another booth. Um, the girl from the recording uh, is actually in there and she's practicing some of her lines uh, and she's apparently pretty good uh, and she's scheduled to be at a recital, um, which he tries to attend. Um, but then apparently she has really bad stage fright. Um, she gets up there and she looks like a totally different person. Uh, and so clearly her character arc is going to be that she's really good at this, but she can't get over that performance anxiety. Uh, his thing is that he's cool, calm and collected, but he doesn't have that emotion to put into his characters. And so they're going to get together and it's going to be this love arc and they're both going to do their best together and they're both going to get better at voice acting through the other. The end. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the let's do our best together thing is, is, I'm getting sick of hearing that phrase. <laughs> I think it's just, very, me. it's just a very Japanese <laughs> thing, I guess. There, there it, are like a lot of phrases that, that I feel like are just more natural to them that sound stiff and awkward to us. And I'm sure we have the same thing in reverse. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the thing about this show. This show opens with they're at a recital. Of people standing up on stage. In a row, shoulder to shoulder. With mics doing line reading. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, wait a minute. This isn't... Why do you... Is this a common thing? That people will just go up on stage and perform dialogue? Not perform. Just perform dialogue just standing shoulder to shoulder with the people? Like, that's a table read. That's not a show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was the other thing I forgot to mention. Is right at the very, very beginning... Um, they're apparently at another recital and he's like all bored. It's like, how much longer is this? And it's like, oh, well, you know, I've worked really hard to get these tickets and I'm sure that, you know, it'd be good experience for you to see this next thing, the highlight of the show. And he's like, oh, great. Um, but then, uh, they start reading and like two lines in, he's just like, oh, I know wow. <laughs> this, this is the performance that inspires our main character to become I saw a, a voice actor. <laughs> I did not no. buy it for Immediately, a second. Like, 
I, I could see the characters in my head. It's like, okay, I can at- understand being inspired by the performance, but those two lines isn't what's going to do it. <laughs> you want to see the characters? Make it a play! Why are you performing a table read on stage? I was not really paying attention, but wasn't the opening line of the performance they're putting on something about, like, you saw my Instagram post? Yeah, I, I, I saw, saw your, your Instagram, Instagram post. Yeah. post. Yeah, the moon was beautiful, wasn't it? Yeah, sure as hell was. <laughs> main se- main character's like, <gasps> I've never heard anyone talk about Instagram with this much passion before. Uh. Oh, my God. That... That whole beginning of this thing, main character being a shithole to whoever bought those tickets for him, assumedly his dad, right? (laughs) Main character being an absolute dickwad to his father, and then him being totally engrossed by a conversation of people who are not acting. They're just delivering lines on a stage. It didn't sound particularly good to me. But they're just up there delivering lines, and he's trans-fucking-ported to this world but, where Instagram but, posts about moons matter so much. But, Dean, there was some, some somber music playing in the background, so obviously it was really incredible and moving. Oh, God. I, I, was, I, I found myself really annoyed by the way this show started. And the show, mm-hmm. it, it kind of, it gets a little bit interesting, but, mm-hmm. man, the, the beginning of the show... It had a hill to climb just from the mm. way it started itself out. It was like, you need to hate this show with all your might. And it's like, I want to. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, you, you've succeeded. I hate it. And they're like, okay. But now love this show. And like, <laughs> okay, <there>. you've succeeded. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was actually kind of into this. Um, first of all, I liked that in comparison to, or I should say in contrast to um, one of the shows we talked about last week or last episode. Um, how it's a short done right it's just telling a story at the correct pace and half the or for half the time not even in half the time um it was just like it was paced like a normal anime and i was kind of surprised when it ended it's like okay it's just a 15 minute episode because Mm -hmm. it didn't feel like a short in that way which i thought was really well done yeah um and then yeah like just because i've done some you know voice work on a sort of semi-professional level i mean technically professional but um, not like because I like went out and auditioned for it, <laughs> but um, <laughs> like, you know, being in reading and voice acting and like kind of having an interest in that art, um, like I was like, I was, I was into it. It was cool. And it was kind of interesting to see too. Um, I felt like it was kind of a believable. Um, I've said this about another show today, I guess um, the characters I think felt believable to me. It wasn't mm-hmm. um, about like, they're, they're, they're pursuing their dream and there's that whole motif going on um, and they keep saying that. But it's also not kind of the um, like this. This is my big chance to get into the thing. It's like the kind of like the shonen approach to a voice acting show, if you know what I mean. <clears throat> um, or even like the um, I've only uh, got one shot if I don't yeah. nail this small mm-hmm. uh, uh, audition to get into this college. I can never be a voice actor. My knees are weak and my arms are heavy. Uh, <laughs> Mom, Mom spaghetti. spaghetti. <laughs> um, but no, it was like they're, they're already in college. So it's not like that's a huge risk. Now, obviously, like there's still some struggles that can come with that. And we see that with, um, you know, MC2, who we get introduced to near the end. Um, but it, it just felt like an actual group of students who are actually at college learning to be voice actors. And um, I thought in that regard, it was pretty cool. I also wanted to talk about the voice acting in this since it's about voice actors uh, because I thought it was pretty good. 
mm-hmm. like the voice acting through the normal parts of the show um, is normal. It's pretty good voice acting. It's believable. And then when they're students in their voice acting classes, for the most part, they do the things they're supposed to be doing. The guy who's like too into his lines, <laughs> and a little too enthusiastic, so that it's no longer believable delivers that really well and um the other guy who i forget what he's doing wrong but i was like yeah i definitely you know the voice actor nailed that mm-hmm. uh the one that i kind of have a problem with is uh the guy who they were like your voice acting is really natural you just need to lean into the characters a little more i felt was actually a little too deadpan yeah mm-hmm. he felt wooden right yeah um but otherwise i thought it was all really well done mm-hmm. I, I i thought the the bad voice acting in in you know where it was supposed to be bad was convincingly bad like it wasn't yeah. nauseating kind of the way that in shows where people are supposed to be a bad singer but not like a shit tear, like don't mm-hmm. open your mouth ever again, singer. Just kind of like an uncomfortable level of like, oh, you're like really close to being good, but you're not. And that just makes it that right. much more like. Ugh. Well, what one of the things <laughs> that they tend to do in like in scenes like that in, in a lot of media is that you'll the person who's doing it is a professional and they don't know mm-hmm. how to be bad. Mm-hmm. Um, And so their bad is just gut wrenchingly terrible. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't the case in this show. In this show, it was like their bad was like off the mark. It wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't. I thought it was done very well. An- another yeah. thing they did to make the bad voice acting sound bad is they made the bad voice acting sound like it was red, um, which mm-hmm. I thought was a, a really good way. Oh, yeah. Like to show that these people are beginners and haven't quite mm-hmm. nailed it yet. Yeah. And they just haven't had time to memorize the lines too. And I, 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 I felt that in the, in the thing, like the, mm-hmm. for a show about voice acting, the worst thing they could have done was fuck that up mm-hmm. and they didn't. So no, they, I'm happy. In fact, I would say they nailed it. Right. And I think the other thing that I really liked too, about that one scene that we mentioned where they're reading on the first day of class. Um, if this was another type of show, again, kind of that shonen approach. I feel like they would have like really hyper dramatized that whole sequence. And like, he's just super anxious about like, oh crap, he called on the line that I didn't get a chance to read. Like he mentioned that and it was something mm-hmm. that was playing into his nervousness potentially. But um, I think that was more to provide context for when other people are like, oh wow, this guy's like, you know, this guy's made of steel. He's like super cool, cool calm and collected. Um, we believe that now because of the awkward situation, but it's not like played up like, um, oh crap! I'm I'm panicking now, and I do, and I messed up, yeah, and the yeah. teacher you know, like berates him, and now he's like, "Oh my god, I'm never gonna be a voice actor." It's they like, didn't I don't... do like wiggly black and purple background with like big dead <laughs> eyes, just like I didn't get yeah. a chance to read that line yet. He's just like, "I'm just gonna read the line." Yeah, they just yeah they they read the line, and then there was feedback, and it just went on. It was just like a normal college class. It's like okay, okay, cool. Cool. I, I actually dug that, too. I, they had a lot I, of opportunities to over-dramatize it, and they didn't. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it says about us and our expectations and <laughs> the general quality of anime that that was a thing we were expecting. I know. I know. <laughs> we're like, we're, we're glad that they didn't do this really bad, stupid trope. Well, this is what, like, season five for us? So, I mean... We've had five seasons of most of the shows we've talked about being like sub 50. So, exactly. um, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, I, I actually I, 
I was happy about that. And they did do moments where they kind of have like dramatic visual nervousness, um, especially on the girl who we meet later in the episode. Um, when she's scared to go up on stage, she has like big wide eyes and she's like, fuck, I don't know if I can do this. Jesus, mm-hmm. I can't No, This is, this is not fucking okay. I don't want to be here. Um, mm-hmm. hand shaking. Right. But it was believable. It, it mm-hmm. wasn't like just like that. It wasn't like shonenized. Like, mm-hmm. what am I going to do? It was, mm-hmm. it was just, a, it was a realistic nervousness. And that's mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. that subtlety, <laughs> subtlety. <laughs> Uh, and then I wanted to talk about, because, um, it was something I noticed when I watched it last night and then Dean and Chris both were talking about it, uh, in our, our pre-show chat this morning. Uh, there's a, a scene as our main character is walking into this cafe for this recital, um, that has some fucking incredible background music as i uh slam my keyboard because <laughs> i am i am that into this the music in this show it was so Smash fucking good that motherfucking play button this scene it pulled me out of this scene pulled me out of the show in a good way i have the music queued up what's up animal crossing <laughs> yeah it is kind of Man, that is just, it's so atmospheric and good, mm-hmm. and I spent, like, it, it grabbed me so hard, I spent an hour trying to, like, research and figure out the time signature this is in. It ends up being an 8-8, but, <laughs> but it didn't sound like a normal time signature to me. Uh, Nick, if you're still in chat, please confirm. Yeah, please <laughs> confirm that, because I was sitting there for an hour, and it's like, 4-4 just doesn't fit this! And yeah, I, so I was like using the metronome on my phone and like all this other stuff trying to figure out what the time signature is. I think it's 8-8. Eight, eight. I'm 90% sure it's 8-8 eight, eight at this point. And I guarantee whatever kind of cafe you're picturing in your head based on that music is really close to oh, the cafe that is actually it's, animated. It's the Animal Crossing cafe. <laughs> it's, it's just it's straight up Animal Crossing. This is actually is just really? secretly... No, I, <laughs> but I mean, it does look a lot like Brewster's Cafe from from the Animal Crossing series. So I I loved it, and it it's the kind of thing where you can be pulled out of a show for two reasons. You can be pulled out of a show because something was so bad you lost all believability, or you can be pulled out of a show because something was so good you have to recognize how good it is on a production level. And mm. that music pulled me out of the show because holy shit, I don't know why it just hit me that way. And so I'm sitting there, I listen to this section over and over and over and over again, rewinding on the Roku and listening again and rewinding and listening again and trying to figure out the times. And then um, there's one point later on, it's covered up by dialogue and I wish it wasn't because there's one point where there's little chimes, just little chimes that are in there. And I heard that and I was like, that's actually what cracked the time thing because I was sitting there and I'm like trying to listen, trying to listen. The chimes come in. It's like the chimes, the chimes are on time. I can do the chime time and that's the time time. And it, it ended up, it, it was a lot of fun and music that you can dig into is, is a lot of fun for me. I don't know shit about music theory, but I love reading about it. And I was able to read about music theory a lot over the, over this hour because I'm like, the fuck is this? <laughs> Um, 
I feel like we've covered everything I want to talk about. Does anyone have any closing thoughts before we go on uh, to ratings? No, not no? particularly. All right. Then, Chris, what are your ratings for this show? Uh, so did the premise interest me? Uh, yes. Like I said, I'm, I'm interested in the art of voice acting, and so I was kind of down with the show about voice acting. Um, despite the fact that the opening scene like kind of was like again like you guys said it's like it's making me want to not like the show and they're like okay cool the show is good um so they got off to a bumpy start but i thought it was solid overall um did the production impress me actually yeah i really liked the visual style um i thought the Mm -hmm. music was good the kind of just tone and atmosphere of everything i think was well done um the one thing that maybe i wasn't a huge fan of is both the op and the ed are all about like follow your dreams it was just like a little too happy-go-lucky um and so nah but overall i think the production did impress me um and then the storytelling yes did impress me for the same reasons we've already talked about um there was nice subtlety there the characters were cool and believable um it wasn't like hyper dramatic but it's not a show about being hyper dramatic outside of the drama <laughs> if that makes sense <laughs> they are being dramatic but um not it's in dramatic but not overly dramatic yes they're being it's believable um, drama it's subtle it's, drama. it's dramaturgy it's, it feels humor it, humor it feels human <laughs> yeah it feels like it, real human drama it's literally drama like yeah. literally mm-hmm. <laughs> but not like um, soap opera drama where it's like slow pan in on the face violins slowly crank mm-hmm. up no it's 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 real humans mm-hmm. with real human problems um so did i enjoy the first episode uh yes i did um did the first episode i'm gonna be interested to see more um i'm gonna say no on this one i think i i I might even continue it i could see myself continuing to watch it um but i kind of felt like i i I sort of gave my prediction for the story arc at the end of my synopsis and so i kind of feel like i know what the show is and what it's going to be and i'm not sure that i feel all that compelled to keep watching so no on that one but a four out of five overall for me dean I am in the exact same boat. Um, I actually didn't know this show was about voice acting. And once we got past that horrible opening, <laughs> once we got past that and it's like, this is a show about people learning how to voice act. I'm like, oh, cool. I like that. I like voice acting. Voice acting something that like I, I like knowing the voices in the cartoons and stuff that I watch and things like that. And, you know, that I know that voice is one of the greatest documentaries ever made. And so I, I'm, I was totally down for it. Um, the production was impressive, mostly because of what we talked about earlier with the voice actors in the show, like the, the, on a medicine, on a meta level, the voice actors knowing how to do things convincingly and, and the voice actors voice acting right when they're playing these voice actors in the show. It was, that's, like I said, that's the one thing they could have fucked up and it ruined the whole show. And it didn't, it was, they did a perfect job. Um, the storytelling did impress me. I, I liked the arc of the episode, even after that horrible beginning. I, I kind of liked where it went. Um, and yeah, I totally enjoyed the first episode. I did not regret watching it. And I'm sitting here like, yeah, this is cool. Um, and just like Chris, I could see myself watching this. I don't know that I want to. You know what I mean? Like, I, I could totally see myself being in the mood for this and just firing it up and watching a few episodes. But it's not something that I'm fascinated by. And just like you said, Chris, it's, I feel like there aren't really any surprises to be had here. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to give it a point for that, but overall the four for the show. Uh, I agree 
with everything you said, except that I am interested to see more. I don't expect this show to surprise me, but I kind of am interested in seeing on a meta level what it's like to be a voice actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that interests me, and cool. uh, so it's a, a perfect five for me. Awesome. Springs- right, that's... Yeah, I'm interested to see that too a little bit. Is like because it's a it's a voice acted medium about and a show about voice acting. It would be like if community college students made the show Community, um, but good. <laughs> like because community college students would not be capable of making Community. <laughs> okay, it's about us. Was... <laughs> um, are you saying the Community's not good? <laughs> I was no, about to I was about incredible. to pick a fight. <laughs> <laughs> no, Community's too good for a community college student to make. At least not one that's incredibly innately talented. Um, but the, it, it feels like you could learn something about the industry watching this show. It feels mm-hmm. like, and I'm, yeah, that's the one thing that I'm kind of hooked in for. I don't care about the love story and I don't care about mm-hmm. them getting over their fears. I'm more interested in like the little things about the industry that you could pick up watching. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, it kind of then makes sense as a short, um, because it's going to be something you're not putting a huge investment in. You're interested in for like not to see what happens in the story, but more just to kind of see how things play out and in a less kind of cost or time cost mm-hmm. way. Yep. Yeah. So that brings our total for this show to a 13 or an 86.6 repeating percent. That is our highest score so far. It That's, is. I think one of the highest scores the show's been able to hit so far. I don't know if this is uh, the highest score, but no, it's not. But yeah, no, it's definitely the highest of the season so far. Uh, the next show we have to talk about. Do we want to is... take a short break beforehand? All right. We'll be right back. Alright, we're back. And we are going to talk about Hello OBS, please change scenes. Thank you. Okay. Now we're back. <laughs> I'll learn how to work OBS eventually. No, I won't. Um We are here to talk about <laughs> Jean Yon Sword. Uh, Lights of the Bleak. Lights of the Bleak. Uh Dean. You want to tell us about this show? Well, if you've ever been a preteen or early teenage girl with no arms, uh, you're really going to identify with this show. Um, there's a... They exist. We, <laughs> they do exist. We have a, a world in which there is an empire. This empire found access to technology. And this technology is um, a mystery to me and probably the show. And they yeah, make this, these big... <laughs> this, is, this is feudal China, like, very many years ago. Um, and except this empire has, like, pseudo-steampunk technology. Right. 
basically uh, the way it opens is like everything is fine they're like on these like you know the sound of music mountains plains um and then everything changes when the fire nation attacks yes that's exactly right <laughs> and this these this chinese empire has also developed cg um and so all really the big... really bad <laughs> cg in a lot of places yeah um and so what this chinese empire does is it sends out its war machines and its armies and they go and they conquer territory and burn villages and they kill people and leave girls armless and then these armless girls and their sisters go out and they start doing street performances of fights that consist of one scene apparently because we see only one scene of it and they go out and they do these street performances in they, which they even make a comment like oh yeah the people in this village have seen our act before so they're not impressed by it anymore <laughs> right and so they go and they and they do this scene in which uh, the armless girl fights with a spear and has fake arms and then she knocks the fake arms off and then she spins around and catches a sword in her toes and holds it up to her sister's throat and that's the act um <laughs> For One of these episodes, reason. she's going to slip and actually just slit her sister's throat and it's going to be... Exactly. It's <laughs> like, this is, we don't have any background for her being incredibly good at ballet or whatever skills you would need to make this happen. Um, but in any case, we have that story. That's our... That's our uh, is it the A story or the B story? I think it's probably the A story. And then we have our B story, which is a slave boy who works in the slave mines making machines for the for the uh the chief guy who builds shit engineer, engineer. that's the word <laughs> um, <laughs> and so he's in this he's working in the slave mines and they're moving the stuff and a bunch of slaves get crushed gratuitously and i guess that's to make it clear that they're slaves as if the word slave didn't make that clear enough but I suppose maybe they need to make it clear because apparently this slave boy lives in the same palace as the fucking empress. Anyway, so he's in the he's in this room and he's doesn't he's making this little toy sheep and it crawls around like a dumb Furby and it runs into this little girl and this little girl's like, hey, what's this dumb fucking thing you made, you dumbass? And he's like, I it's a it's a toy I made. I don't sleep. Also, and she's like, okay, so what do we? Like, let's, I like this toy that you made. Let's, how, also, how did you get in my house? You're a slave. You shouldn't be near. Anyway, so she's like, so here's a, here's this, this cool toy, dude. I like it. Uh, let's be buddies. And so then they're buddies. And he's like, I don't know. I'm a little old to have a buddy. And she goes, okay, maybe I'll just be your little sister. And it's like, hold on, anime. Hold on. <laughs> this could split off into two directions. No. Luckily, we all know it goes, where this ends up. <laughs> right. Luckily, it goes the direction that's the good direction. And they, they don't fuck. end up. <laughs> no, it takes the other route where it's perfectly innocent. And so it's fine, whatever. And then we move on to... Uh, our chief engineer is whisked away by rebels because he's sad about building nuclear bombs, basically, is his character. He's he's basically Oppenheimer, whatever his name was. And so he is whisked away, and they need a new chief engineer now, and this slave can build some shitty fucking Furbies, so I guess he's the chief engineer now? And turns out, little girl who was his friend ends up being the empress. So what they do is they're they're mad about the disappearance of the chief engineer, so they capture him because he was the engineer's favorite. They take him in there, and it's like, hey, you're a rebel, aren't you? 
Yeah, little rascal. And he's like, no, I'm not a rebel. And he's in stocks. And so they bring him in there. It's like, the Empress is going to pass sentence on you. And then she comes out. It's the same little girl. Who would have thought that this little girl who for some reason is in the slave quarters or maybe the slaves live with rich people? I don't fucking know. You can tell by her clothing that she should not have been in the slave quarters or the other way around. And so the 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 she's the empress, big fucking woohoo. I'm supposed to like her, right? But it's by her command that these people are burning down fucking villages that our other main characters live in. I don't understand how I'm supposed to feel about her. Anyway, what <laughs> do okay, you have so insight into that? It, it, it's it's quite quite possible that she's actually like not super on board with what's happening. She could have just been sort of like put in this position when her parents died or whatever else. And she could be go- a slave to the military industrial complex. Yeah, basically. Okay. The, the generals makes- are actually in charge. She's more of a puppet, but where she's able to, she's trying to assert her own will and yada, yada. So. Right. Well, she still wants to be childhood from she, the slave boy. I can't imagine she, she has a whole lot of power. She is a child. I get the impression just from anime tropes um, right. that she's about 13. And so, I don't think the show is smart enough to actually do this, but it would make a lot of sense if she was kind of just a figurehead and her advisors mm-hmm. were actually ruling until she's old enough to old actually enough. be responsible exactly. for the mm-hmm. kingdom. I mean, that I thought that was kind of implied personally, but I could just be like, it's, you know, that, yeah, think, it's, thinking it's rationally. It's kind of well, left unclear because <laughs> she's allowed to elect, she's allowed to elect and, and, and make noble a slave who can build a shitty Furby because he doesn't sleep. And make him their chief engineer. Yeah, that's exactly what... the amount of power that she wields is completely inconsistent. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, I would agree with you, Chris, (laughs) that it's implied that she's just a figurehead, except for that scene where she... It kind of undercuts the whole thing. Just, yeah, goes in the face of her advisors, and her advisors are like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And she's like, I'm the empress, you shut up now. And they're like, okay... (laughs) <laughs> if she has that level of control over who gets elected to be a, effectively their military R&D head, if she has that much control over it, then because I had the same thought the whole t- when mm-hmm. she first came out, I was like, oh, so the military runs things in the background, right? This is what's happening. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, no, no, the guy who's going to build all of our weapons is going to be this guy. And it's like, why do you get to make that decision? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that could so just be weird. bad inconsistency. It could also be something like, well, they're going to do something about that in the next episode or whatever. <laughs> Um, possible. so like maybe like th- she has to appear as though she is the empress and she has all the power and that's why they don't talk back in that moment but then they're maybe going to like be acting behind the scenes to counteract her or whatever so right. I think so, I think you're giving this show too much credit now probably, probably. I, 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 would think <laughs> I think it's just this show doesn't know what the fuck it wants to do mm-hmm. yeah. and it has to find well, some way to bring together our A and B plots well, speaking point. of which, do we want to get back then to our, I'm uh, gonna our go, A plot? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, hang on. I, I would like What's to up? be pedantic for a second. I think this show knows exactly what it wants to do. I think it has no clue how to do it. Mm. That would make sense. Um, but our A plot with the girl with no arms, who is miraculously good at kung fu. I don't know what skill set you would need to hold a sword with your toes and not cut your sister's head off. Anyway, so she's like miraculously good at this stuff. And they go and they're they're looking for a new village because, you know, they've kind of milked the one they're living in dry. So they need to go find another village that they can impress people in. And they go and they find a burned out husk of a village. And they're like, oh, shit, it's a burned out husk of a village. Oh, man, I guess we're going to be tripping over corpses. No, it's freakishly clean for a burned out husk of a village. Anyway, so they so they go off and there's a, the, the big sister's like, I need to find a well so we can get some water. And the other girl says, well... 
Go for it. And so she goes off and she's trying to find things, falls into a floor after being attacked by a Minoc. And she falls into a floor and lands at the bottom of it. And she finds this big salad bowl made of stone in the middle of this like weird cathedral thing that was just under this house that it obviously wouldn't be able to hold the weight of the house because she herself was able to just collapse the floorboards. And there was no sense that there was any structural integrity outside of those floorboards. And I know they were burned, but they still, if it was holding up the weight of the house, it shouldn't be able to, regardless. So she's down there and she finds this big well and inside of it is a scroll made of slats. I know there's a word for that kind of scroll, but I don't know what the word is. And so she finds it and it is interesting to her for some reason. And then the Minoc attacks again. And so she, the scroll opens up and a girl comes out of it. It's not that big, but a girl comes out of it and says, Hey, I, I heard your summons. Uh, what do you need? And she's like, fucking help. And the girl's like, okay. So she jumps up and cuts the Minoc and then disappears. And then later on, we get a little bit of a B plot that I already covered. And then later on, she, they're in a real village this time. And they're like, okay, so we're uh, doing our thing. And then there's a sword to the throat and then they get some money and they're hanging out. Uh, but they don't get the money because the Fire Nation attacks and there's like big fucking they're going to go crush the village because that's where they think the chief engineer is hiding. See, that's that's. The, oh, no, we're under attack by bad CG. Send exactly. <laughs> Terrible CG, CG living creations that are powered by nothing in particular um, come and start attacking. And then when you can't the, when you can't the, beat the CG, you join. Right. <laughs> well, that's exactly what they did, because the scroll <laughs> opens up and the girl comes out. We find out she's a robot or something powered by who knows. And she comes out of it and then she f- is fighting the big CG uh, uh, machines. And then she turns into a wolf and the other the big sisters under attack. And so the the scroll also produces an a, an ex machina jade sword, worst material to make a sword out of. But anyway, it produces this ex machina jade sword, and she's got it, and it it's heavy, but it's light. And that's not how you would describe that. You would say it looks like it would be heavy, but it is light. And she says it's heavy, but it's light as a feather. And it's like it's it's no, it it looks like it would be heavy, but it isn't. That's magic. You're just wrong. And so she's attacking these things with this jade sword. Jade, by the way, gonna break. So she's attacking these things with these with this jade sword. It doesn't break. And then they end up killing all the creatures. Armless girl, by the way, why is she there? She's totally left out. She's never gonna be able to wield a weapon unless she wields it with her toes. So she's literally there just to be in danger so that somebody can, like, save her in every episode, I'm presuming. So they attack the things, they beat these monsters, and the general who sent them gets his head cut off because he failed. Good for fucking him. So that's the story of the show, and they... A plot and B plot have not converged yet, but they definitely will. And they're definitely the slave boy. And the other person's definitely going to fuck probably. And I don't, I don't want to watch this. It's, it's dumb. So one of the, one of the things you missed that is trivial and doesn't matter at all, um, is that, uh, the slave boy and the two sisters knew each other. They were, they were the sheep herders when they were kids who see, 
who who see the Fire Nation attack for the first time when all the machines are crawling by and they're on the the hill, um, and then in uh, for reasons that aren't explained, our slave boy thinks that the two sisters were were uh, brutally murdered when their village was attacked, and so he thinks they're dead. Yeah, and they were what the weird thing about it is they were watching the Fire Nation attack from up on this hill. And it's headed toward their village to attack, presumably. And they went back to the village? You would have seen the attack in progress. Why would you go back? They, all these characters should still be together. It doesn't make any sense. And the, and the girl who, got her, who lost her arms should still have them. And she should still be, because she still has her arms and can wield a weapon of any kind... She should still be useful to think. Actually, one thing I think they're going to do is they have these fake arms, and the fake arms, the, the technology of the fake arms looks miraculously like the technology of the robot girl, who, by the way, turns into a wolf at one point. Apparently, she's a fucking gobot, transformer ass. And so what I think they're going to end up doing is infusing those fake arms with whatever magic powers robot girl, so she has real arms now, but they're wooden. I think that's going to be the totally fucking predictable thing that this dumbass show does. Um, <laughs> I also and like that's how, how this is going to go. I also like how when uh, Robot Girl transforms, she the the place on her body that transforms first is her ass. So we just get a close yeah, up of her this. ass as it like opens up in this horrifying way. <laughs> And then we move we on this, to the rest of her transforming. It's this beautiful full screen shot of an, oh, an ass that's presumably made of wood, and it separates in the most horrifying way. <laughs> That'll teach you to appreciate fan service. Oh, God. It was so, so bad. Um, but yeah, this show's dumb and I hate it. Yeah, no, it's, it's bad. Um, this show, so like... I ragged on the CG a lot, and the CG for the mechs isn't horrible, actually. No, yeah, I, didn't, I didn't think so. It's yeah. Right. It stands out a little bit, but compared to some other things we've seen, they do a pretty good job blending it in. The The movement looks really unnatural, but right. otherwise it's fine. But then... Too many frames. It's rendered, too, it's <clears throat> rendered with too much... Uh, it's it's rendered with too much fidelity. It's mm-hmm. it's not. It doesn't match the rest of the show. And then, uh, so the skit that our two main characters do, the the two sisters, um, is actually some pretty competent fight animation, all mm-hmm. hand drawn, and it looks pretty right. good. And then when when our our main sister draws the sword out of the scroll she is just replaced with like the worst cg you have ever seen out of like a 5 minute cg short like that cat thing yep. we watched however many seasons ago holding just... an x mocking a jade sword apparently makes you look like a rubber band <laughs> and then and then the fight animation goes to shit and people are yeah. like Floating and flying, and none of the physics makes sense. All of the logic is immediately gone. Yeah, and the other thing that happened in that fight scene, too, like, is one of the things that stood out to me, kind of like the moment that kind of cemented how absurd all this was, was when she and Wolf Robot Girl, like, kind of like land after flying around and using the magical powers, looking very comfortable with what they just done. Um, It's like, okay, so. I can understand you being a competent fighter because of your upbringing, your training, and whatever else, but you seem 
weirdly calm and like like i definitely know what i'm doing after drawing the sword and now being able to fly around like crazy person yeah Um, you see it's it's freaky (laughs) it's freaky that you're okay with what just happened yeah (laughs) just yeah it just like she felt there's just like no acknowledgement of the learning curve of going from being normal person with competence to being now magical girl not not actually magical girl but after the threat is gone the robot hangs out for a little bit to talk, okay? But the first time that the robot comes out and destroys the Minoc, it's totally a ripped-off Minoc from Star Wars. The first time she comes out and kills the Minoc, she just disappears as soon as the threat's gone. So what's the... How does the robot work? She's just getting to know them better, you know? She has to, like... She, the first time she's a little shy, the second time it's like, okay, cool, we fought together, now I'm starting to warm up to you a little bit. Uh, (laughs) I think it's I think it's definitely not this. I think it's definitely not that the writers wanted you to think there was a little bit of mystery there. So they immediately take the robot away. But then there's the, the, you know, uh, damning consistency decided to have the robot hang out after the threat's gone in the later fight so that you could find out a little bit of those answers that they wanted you to have after they made the robot disappear the first time. See, it's clever, Uh, except that it, it there's no rules in this universe. I think it's definitely not that. <laughs> so it, I'll just point out that it took us like 14 minutes to get through the synopsis. Um, <laughs> I know that that kind of speaks to um, how uh, convoluted. Throned, yeah, just, there's a lot of stuff jammed into this first episode. I think it's too really much. It's really dense. It's really um, it's, dense. It, it's dense yet. It's not like not much actually happened, but I felt like they did just way too much jumping back and forth between the two plot lines and yep. trying to introduce like, OK, so here's this empire and here's this engineer and here's the things going on. And oh, and he's building the Death Star and we got to stop him from building the Death Star uh, and like all this different stuff. And just like just slow it down just a little bit. Like I, I, I appreciate trying to get a lot of stuff in your first episode, um, but just this show feels like one of those fantasies that's like we spent so much time world building and we really want to show you this world that we've built it's like uh, unfortunately reading, it's like reading the fellowship of the ring <laughs> instead of watching it because the book the fellowship of the ring um unlike the two towers and the return of the king the fellowship of the ring is a boring book <laughs> and people will disagree with me the two towers is interesting the return of the king is interesting but the fellowship of the ring is boring there's a reason that Tom Bombadil doesn't exist in the movies. And it's because he's boring. <laughs> and this this felt like this this felt like that to me. This felt like this is all unnecessary. Just tell me the story you want to tell me. The, the, the second scene between uh, particularly a scene that could have been cut completely is the second scene between the Empress and the slave guy. And the first scene between the Empress and the slave guy could have been one scene. Mm-hmm. And you, you did not need to have that separated with, with extraneous dialogue and all this other stuff. Um, the same is true for the first scene with the sisters. The first scene with the sisters and the second scene with the sisters could have been one scene. In yeah, fact, yeah. I feel like it was. I feel like they, they plotted A plot and then they plotted the B plot and then they just cut them where they thought it made sense and just sort of shuffled them together like a deck of cards. It, it was... And the... the, the the pace on this thing. Ugh. <laughs> I would say... It's bad. I would say <laughs> they at least did a good job making you feel like things were happening even when things weren't happening. 
I mm. wasn't bored watching this show. I didn't enjoy it, but I wasn't bored yeah. at least. That's fair. That's fair. Um, also, also, our our uh, slave boy has uh, photographic memory. Did anyone did anyone catch that? Yeah, I caught that, yeah. Yeah, because they showed an animation that looked like this motherfucker was taking photographs with his brain. <laughs> it's not how that works. <laughs> well, but, also uh, the chief engineer yeah. apparently knew that too because he like shows him the plans. He's like, these are the plans for the ultimate weapon. Isn't that great? And he's like, yeah, that's amazing. He's like, no, it's actually not. But now you've seen it and I've accomplished what I need to. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. My, my Which is actually kind of cool. Is, like that was kind of a cool way of doing that. Like it made sense. Mm-hmm. But if you're the chief engineer and you've become disenfranchised with your with your with your uh, your responsibilities, we'll say, namely mm-hmm. building murder robots to kill villagers. If you've become disenfranchised with this, again, like the dead-eyed Oppenheimer in that in that in the video where he's uh, mm-hmm. he's quoting um, from uh, from Hindu scripture. Now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. One of the best videos mm. of all time. Um, if you've become like that and you want to get out of it, why would you show the kid that they're obviously going to replace the plans just so he can build the death machine that you don't want built ostensibly? Like it's, I understood it at, I at that point, didn't like it doesn't. Oh God. All right. I'm it's gonna... so that the uh, it's so that the hero can build it for the other side and take down the empire with it. But will he choose to or not? Now that is the question that we'll be answering oh, over the course of the series. I don't know. Yeah, he's so, best friends so... with the empress. He's best friends Who's with the empress. Who's also a force for change in the empire. <laughs> right. He's best friends with the empress. He's mad at the empire for killing two girls who we know aren't dead. They've set up some interesting character dynamics here. I'll give him that. Mm-hmm. Well, he's also, I'm sure he has uh, PTSD from watching his fellow slaves get fucking crushed gratuitously because <laughs> of rope breaks. Yeah. No, this is one of those shows that like strikes me as competent people with a good sense of what makes for a good story with not a good sense of how to execute that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I felt that way too. It felt like an interesting world. Mm-hmm. It felt like it, it's, it's, you know, it, it's, it's feudal China with mechs. Fine. It, I, I mean, you can make that cool. And it, it ostensibly is, you know, from, from the get go. Um, and you have an A plot and a B plot, which isn't particularly common in anime, especially them to be as separated as they are. Um, usually in anime, if you have an A plot and a B plot, it's two characters that are running parallel, um, and that know each other, Right. And, and they end up running into each other and things like that. But for there to be an A plot and a B plot that's so far separated and for that not to be resolved by the end of the episode, that's unique. And that's an interesting way to tell a story. Um, the Two Towers is like that. The movie, not the book. The book actually starts with the beginning of the A, of the, of the a plot and goes all the way through. And then the second half of The Two Towers starts at the beginning of the timeline again and then tells the B plot. And they did just that for the movie. They, they cut it and then shuffled the deck so that you go back and forth between the two. Um, this was just wasn't executed well. And scores for this show, Dean. Did the scenario interest me? I'm going to say yes. 
um, for it to be Chinese rather than Japanese as far as the setting is is interesting enough, frankly, for me to want to watch it. Um, because Japanese representation of China is one of the things that I'm actually really interested in when we when those things come across on the show. Um, and I thought this was fine as far as that's concerned. Uh, so, okay. And yeah, actually, so I'm actually curious if this is one of those Chinese shows that's just made by a Japanese studio. I actually um, don't know. Yeah, I, I would have to look that up. It's, I, I don't think it's Chinese production. Mm-hmm. No, it was it, by it Studio Dean, so it was yeah. Japanese produced. Yeah, it produced. was Dean, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, did, the, I, did the production impress me? Uh, I don't think so. I'm going to say no to that. Uh, because the CG was not good in, in chunks of it. Um, arguably the most important chunk of it. Mm-hmm. Um, did the storytelling impress me? No, 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 no. This was paced awfully, and there's so much extraneous bullcrap that could have been cut out. Um, that made it feel so dense, and it's just not worth it. Uh, so no, it did not impress me. I didn't particularly enjoy watching it, and I am not interested to see any more of this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I would put myself through this again. So no, the answer is no. Uh, the only point that it gets is for scenario. Uh, straight zeros for me. Um, the execution was bad. I didn't enjoy it, and I wasn't. I'm not really interested in this premise. So, straight zeros for me. What about you, Chris? Yeah. So premise uh, is a no. Um, the, the world, while well, like it definitely felt like someone cared enough to flesh it out, it also was just kind of like one of those original fantasy worlds that's not all that original. Mm -hmm. um it just kind of feels like a generically original fantasy world um so no uh the production impressed me there were highlights um studio dean seems to be one of those studios that's like competent at times and then other times not so much um it was good it wasn't great so i'm not going to give it a not going to give it a yes there um did the storytelling impress me uh no just because of those stuff we've already said um, I feel like the story, it, they had good story sense. They didn't have good story telling. Mm-hmm. Um, did I enjoy the first episode? It was all right, but no, um, I didn't come away from it feeling like I really enjoyed it all that much, even though I didn't, I wasn't bored. Um, did the first episode make me interested to see more? No. So straight zeros. That brings our total for this show to a one or 10%. If this that show had right. any internal, no, that's logic, not right. Um, nope, that's not right. By Fifteen. Yep. If this show had any internal logic, I feel like I might have liked it, but there's such a lack of that. Of All right, so that's a and six point six seven percent. Apparently, the spreadsheet got messed up. Cool. All right. Next show we have to talk about is Bakumatsu. I wrote down a uh, subtitle for the show. Crop Top Sexy Boys. <laughs> yeah, so this show is like an Otome except without the female lead. Um, all of our characters are like super sexy dudes uh, having super sexy fun times with swords. And um, <laughs> that sounds that sounds horrifying. 
in uh, alternate history Japan um, and uh, our two main main characters are out to get a treasure which can alter the flow of time, grant you unlimited riches, and also give you control of the world. It's not just a MacGuffin, it's the ultimate MacGuffin. I know, I was about to say, they're out to steal the plot, MacGuffin! (laughs) (laughs) Oh god, it's the most obvious MacGuffin I think I've seen in a while. (laughs) Why... I need to finish describing this show, but why those three (laughs) things? Like... There's because they thought I of feel the like the second two the are show. just an extension of the first. Like if you have the ability to control time, then you can take as much time as you need and manipulate things such to make you rich and rule the world. Right. Um, but they I feel like they had yes. the idea of the aesthetic of the show before they actually thought of the show like they. And so they just had to make up a thing that can make this aesthetic happen. So like. <laughs> If you can control time and use that control of time to take control of the world, why would you describe this thing then as a thing which can give you control of the world? That seems like a separate additional functionality that is not is not actually related to the first. Like it's hmm. like when it feels like they've mixed up uh Infinity Gems. Like if if you watch uh Infinity War when Thanos does a thing, the gems that are causing that thing light up. So when he turns, when he opens up a portal, right, he's opening up space and time. The space and time gem are the gems that light up. And when he turns someone into spaghetti, it's the reality gem that lights up. And so he, like, you can, you can see which things together are causing him to be able to manipulate a thing. And it felt like there's just a couple of random infinity gems thrown on this thing. <laughs> so that, like, it's just got a couple of powers. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so they're after the plot McGovern, and they successfully steal the plot McGovern and get back to their ship. And then their ship's under attack uh, because this happened at sea. Uh, their ship is under attack by the ships they just stole from because they have an entire fleet to guard this this thing because obviously you would um and and then there's a, a big booby ninja girl who comes and steals the plot mcguffin from our main characters who stole the plot mcguffin and she gets away <laughs> she just disappears into the ocean the vast infinite Never to return expanse again. of the sea and our main character's the most like attractive well shit girl in the show <laughs> Our main character's like, well, shit, that didn't go as planned. Time to go to Kyoto because probably the the general who had this got it back and it wasn't stolen by some unrelated third party. It was stolen back by the government that we stole it from. So they go to Kyoto to the government and uh, there is the dumbest infiltration sequence I've ever seen where our <laughs> characters are like... We're the commanders of the army, and they walk through the gate, and the guards are like, no, you're not. They're like, oh, shit, you're on to us. And they throw off their disguises, and then they run around. They're being chased by guards. Not this again. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 
And so they're running around the castle, and they find a secret door, and inside the secret door is a Sleeping Beauty, except Sleeping Beauty is an attractive dude, because I told you this was an Otome. Um, <laughs> and, and so they're like, what the fuck is up with Sleeping Beauty? And I'm like, kiss, 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 but they don't. <laughs> they don't kiss. They don't wake up Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty wakes himself up. Um, you Sleeping don't want to know how that happens. really sparkly. Yeah, he, he, he <laughs> gets really sparkly, and then our main character's like, well, obviously the general isn't here, and so they leave. Even though they haven't checked for that yet. Yeah, there's, so, our two main, main characters walk into this dungeon where Sleeping Beauty is, and they walk in a door on one side, and this thing is tiny, and there's a door on the opposite side. They don't bother to check that door to walk through and see what's on the other side of the door just like well obviously the dude's not here so i guess we'll just peace out for now so they peace out and apparently there's no more guards inside the castle uh and they get out just fine but then there are still guards at the gate and the guards are like hey it's you and so they chase our main characters down the street and our main character's like well shit guess we're gonna have to fight and then what wavy mcwaverson and numbers numbers are very important numbers happen it's the Matrix, but white. <laughs> and all of a sudden, our main, main characters are in a different timeline where things are different. They're still in Kyoto on the same street, but the street looks vaguely different, and our main characters are now wearing crop tops instead of uh, just, like, t-shirts. Um, <laughs> did I mention that this was, like, f- feudal early... Early... Japan, yeah. Japan, yeah. So Bakumatsu is actually, it refers to the end of the Edo period. Um, so this is supposed to be like somewhere in the 19 or the 1850s, 60s. Um, the Edo period apparently ended in 1868. So, hey, history. I didn't history. know that. Um, and so when they talk about like, I think the name of the episode was the other Bakumatsu. Before I read that, I thought it was referring to like Bakumatsu were like the people who are fighting for their ideals according to the uh like the little synopsis they give you in the the story pitch. Right. Um but apparently the other Bakumatsu is the alternate timeline, which speaking of which, there's a guy who just like way too quickly is like, hmm, it sounds like you come from a Japan with a different history than ours. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, just... Oh Ryan, give us the explanation. For why these guys were able to cross timelines instead of just totally disappearing like they should have. The explanation given by the show is... I'm sold. I'm satisfied. (laughs) (laughs) What's the rest of our story? (laughs) Yeah, so in this alternate timeline, someone took over uh, Japan and built a giant castle... And uh, they uh, they control everything because their giant castle has cannons, which can like turn and aim in ways that cannons can't be aimed um, at the village right below the castle. Apparently they like lock in on like those like walking alarm dolls. Mm hmm. Um. I don't know if that's just that, like, the alarm dolls are the mark that the cannoneers are trying to hit, but I kind of felt like it was more like a targeting system for the cannons themselves. Yeah, it seemed automated, yeah. didn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. it did. Um, so if you're like, cannons traditionally aren't very accurate. Um, 
You're wrong. No, and fuck <laughs> you. Cannons are perfectly, they're fucking snipers. Basically getting... snipers, just huge snipers. Yep. Why did we ever stop using cannons, you ask? Uh, because we're idiots. And yeah. um, <laughs> Because just... cannons are the be-all and end-all of munitions. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... And so one of our main char- our our two main main characters split up. One of them goes to attack the castle by himself because that's a good idea, and sends the other one to explore around town and figure out what the hell is going on. Which because is where they we... both can't figure that out in the castle. <laughs> uh, so also I just like I like how MC two like the sidekick character is like constantly like dude you're an idiot that's a stupid idea and then like as soon as he's like but this is my determination or my ambition or whatever he says all the time he's like okay cool I'll go along with you <laughs> just like yes your ambition trumps logic <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, the main main character too as he's in town um, is talking with some other people who they know. Oh, yeah, apparently uh, everyone else in the original timeline also exists in this timeline, even though that doesn't make any fucking sense. Haven't you seen Butterfly Effect? Yeah, and, and so they, they know each other, except that these dudes clearly weren't from the original the the guys in the new timeline clearly don't know of the original timeline so like where are the main main characters from the new timeline theoretically theoretically the main main characters from the new timeline should have doppelgangers now because the 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 main characters from the original timeline are still in this new timeline so the new timeline should have a pair of and the old timeline had a pair, and the old pair was sent to the new pair because that's the way, the only way this works. But that doesn't work with time travel because, again, butterfly effect. So it can't be time travel. It has to be something else. And somehow everyone's memories of the people who were there are still intact to an extent. They don't know the original world, but the, the, the old timeline, but they know the new timeline and all the history of it. Except for these other two characters, our main characters, who are still known to people in this new time. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so, and what's kind of interesting, too, is they explain in the history of the last three years of the new timeline um, that some other shogun, I guess, took over. And so this is a different shogunate. But interestingly, um, all the um, the clothing and kind of like the look and the tech and stuff like that feels to me like kind of a slightly more high-tech version of more imperialist apparel as opposed to kind of like the more traditional stuff you had with the old shogunate um and so it's making me wonder if the thing is like the new shogun was actually like kind of like an imperialist who then got this power and decided to become a new shogun or i i don't know this show wanted to be an isekai (laughs) yeah yeah Well, it's so funny the, too. Is I think I, I feel like one of the tags on Crunchyroll was historical. And I like how even it, I mean it was like it was clearly like a generous interpretation of historical, and then it turned into anything but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah. this episode ends with main main character to talking with 
these friends from this other timeline that he still knows and them explaining, well, if this relic exists, like you say, and can allow people to travel through time, you could go back in time and get the most powerful warlords from history and bring them all together. And then we see main main character number one in the castle fighting some person from Japanese history that I don't know who's (laughs) clearly a very powerful warlord from the past. You're like, oh no, they did the thing. I'm one of the 12 guardians of this castle. And hey, yeah. guess what? If this is a 13 episode anime, we got one boss fight for each episode. That's Although exactly that's what's gonna fucking happen, but... right. We've got, <laughs> we've got 12 mini bosses and then you got to fight the emperor. God damn it. And, I'm, I'm and so... Sleeping, Be- me, Sleeping Beauty is awake Shogun. in this timeline. It's Shogun, Dean. There's a difference. Yeah. Yeah, you get to fight the Shogun. The, the, the Shogun and the emperor don't like each other. That's exactly right. Well, this show to me, you could have just as easily, honestly, dude, that fucking Batman movie from two seasons ago is better than this. <laughs> Batman Ninja has I mean, a lot obviously. of the same shit in it. It's just better than this. Unexplained technology in the past, time travel, feudal Japan. It's got all, it's got all the same shit. It's the, just good. The word that came to mind as I was watching this show uh, was incompetent. It felt mm. like everyone who worked on this show was incompetent. Like, the animation was yep. bad. It was very sparse, very bland backgrounds, not a lot of movement. Uh, the writing was bad and doesn't make any sense, and some things are just left unexplained, and the questions aren't even asked. Like... I'm sure at some point we're going to find out why our two main main characters also were transported to this timeline, but they don't even ask the question in the first episode. I think think they hand wave that away because there is one line of dialogue, one line between two other sentences in which I believe the second main character, the one who has glasses, so obviously he's bookish and smart, um, he says... I guess the small amount of time we touched the relic did da-da-da. So I think they have hand-waved that away (laughs) with a half a line of dialogue. Well, good job, show. You did it. (laughs) 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 Um, That is not an explanation. I also... I I wasn't going to bring this up because it's so fucking dumb and pedantic, but like, those are some really stylish glasses for the end of the Edo period. Mm Mm-hmm. They look like mine. They they they're <laughs> mm-hmm. almost my exact glasses. They just have the bottom frame instead of full frame. It's it is. You say incompetent, and I agree. I feel like this is they had an idea for a world, and they were like, okay, how do we make this world a thing? And they were like, well, Isekai's kind of played out, so let's just make it a different, an alternate timeline thing. I mean, but they didn't think about the rules of time travel. They didn't think about any rules at all. It just kind of happens. And I can accept things just kind of happening, but there has to be an internal logic for why those things just kind of happened. And there's nothing presented here to make me think that they put any thought into that whatsoever. 
I also like how our main characters are good guys, TM, who uh, leave the sheath on their sword mm-hmm. when they're fighting normal people because, you know, they don't want to kill. And they only take the sheath off their sword when uh, the sword fighting gets serious. And then we Is have... Is that a censorship thing? Couldn't no, I think be, that's just because... like trying to like make them very clearly the good guys, TM. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because guess, there's... We guess, get a... Yeah. We get a flashback where, like, the leader of some gang who swears loyalty to the shogunate in the new timeline, um, where he was very much just a gang leader in the old timeline, there's a flashback to him talking with someone who's clearly, like, a really good friend of his, who's probably dead, and uh, this guy, the leader of this gang, is like, why do you kill people? And this friend of his is like, to prove I'm strong. <laughs> also, like, I remember that scene pretty specifically, and it was kind of a non sequitur. It felt like he's just like mm-hmm. saying something like just totally unrelated. And the guy's just like, hey, just incidentally, why do you kill people? <laughs> like, right. Wait. At least, in, at least in Destiny 2, they give that thing a cool name called the sword logic, right? Kill people to prove your strength. But it's, I mean, there's a story to that logic in destiny 2 and here it's just like why do you kill people uh because i'm ignorant enough to think that that makes me appear strong because i'm i'm insecure and i have to kill people who are more (laughs) secure than i am because i can't stand that they exist because i have a very small penis okay it's tiny and i have to kill people because if they if they know I have to kill people small. because we don't have jacked up trucks that I can drive yet. <laughs> it just occurred to me that and I think we might have drawn a similar ish parallel before that maybe like the closest because one of the things that was striking me is I wonder to what extent the story needed or didn't need to have these sort of like opening setup, and I guess it was very sort of character focused. We're getting these characters on this mission to steal the thing, um, and then like that whole setup was to show how we went from historical Japan to alternate historical Japan. Um, it's almost like if we were to have a movie or a, a show about like our civil war, the U.S. Civil War, um, and there's some mission where the Union is trying to steal a device that the Confederates or vice versa got their hands on. Um, and then, like, when that device is activated, we get the alternative, like, here's what the Civil War looks like now, except with higher tech and stuff like that. Um, right. Like, I think a lot of people in the U.S. would understand the context and the history enough to kind of, like, get that premise. Um, so I don't know, based on that, if I liked or disliked how long they spent on the opening. I guess they didn't spend that long, honestly. But it just still felt kind of weird. We could have just, like, jumped right into, hey, this is alternate steampunky Civil War. Um, it, I feel like the beginning of this show could just as easily be replaced with an isekai intro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that whole beginning chunk could have just as easily been replaced with a chunk about being transported to an alternate world. I feel like that was actually, it feels like an afterthought to me. Yep. So <sighs> that's a thing. <laughs> Scores for this show, straight zeros. It's dumb and bad. <laughs> <laughs> Chris? <laughs> yep, straight zeros. I'm looking at the list and nothing is a yes. So, Dean? Straight zeros. Also dumb, also bad. <laughs> Brings our total for this show to a zero or zero percent. <laughs> 
See you in the loser's bracket. <laughs> uh, Chris, you want to tell us about our next show, Anima Yell? Yes. Uh, Anima Yell is a show about cheerleading. Um, it opens up with our MC uh, just walking down the street. It is a show about cheerleading. Thank you. No, it's cheerleading, of course. <laughs> that is the only, only gag in this show that worked. <laughs> because it's a different chair every time. That's the, yeah. That killed me, just the different chair. The one was a massaging chair. Oh, it was funny. That was good. <laughs> I'm super into chair now. Um, so, yeah. Um, no, I'm pretty sure I've never been a chair before. <laughs> yes. Um... <laughs> So, and I don't know how common it is to have that style of cheerleading in Japan. Um, like, my impression is that's kind of like a very, like, Western style of cheerleading mm-hmm. that maybe has become more popular. I've never seen it in any other anime before that I can recall. Maybe it has been, but um, this is the first time I've seen that style of cheer in uh, an anime. But uh, that aside, uh, she sees these cheerleaders cheering, um, kind of doing, like, this out-in-the-open-air kind of public performance, and um, she's just entranced by it. Um, and she's super fascinated by this idea of a sport that's all about supporting others because she likes to support others and she's found her calling. Um, and so she's super excited. She goes home and tells her roommate. Um, there's actually a funny little gag where like they're sort of like they have the name card for the character. Uh, and like, you know, she's this age and, you know, she's a third grader or not third grader, <laughs> third year in middle school. <laughs> um, and... Uh, <laughs> She, um, and then like when she's like um being sarcastic like they kind of like extend the box to fit in more text about like she can't help but be sarcastic or whatever it was that they said that was kind of funny um but she uh is like oh well you know i'm so glad that you found something that you're into because like you've always been like supporting others you should do something for yourself you've um, you always put others before yourself mm-hmm Yes. <laughs> um, and so she's like, you know what? Awesome. When I get into high school, I'm going to join the cheer club and I'm going to be a cheerleader. And so she's like kind of you know, getting hyped for that. And like you, you're sort of practicing in front of her mirror, if I remember correctly, in this little montage. And then she gets to her all school, all girls high school. And uh, oh, no, they don't have a cheer club. Um, Forgot but- to double check that. <laughs> but um she sees the uh the person giving the commencement um i think it's commencement mm-hmm. um giving the commencement speech and it's like wait a second that's one of the girls from the cheerleading thing she's uh i'll refer to her as blue hair because i don't remember her actual name um so blue hair uh sits Ari back down and she's <laughs> yeah uh, and so MC is like, hey, I'm going to start my own cheer club. That's the thing that I'm going to do. Um, and so uh, best friend, blonde girl, you're going to you're going to join me. Right. And she's like, wait, no, 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 no. I didn't sign up for this. Um, and so basically it turns into she's pink a hair MC. cute blonde high school girl. She's obviously going to get roped into this. <laughs> so pink haired mc um starts basically stalking uh blue hair uh cheerleader girl um she's like hey wait you're you're an amazing cheerleader i want you to join our club you're like we'll be able to do this with you here and she's like nah i'm not i'm not a cheerleader anymore um, i don't do that anymore <laughs> right um but uh pink hair is very very persistent and she keeps asking day after day basically um it's actually kind of amusing uh, and then eventually uh, she convinces Blue Hair to join by um, performing a stunt, or at least her understanding of a stunt, by uh, jumping out of a tree, even though she's afraid of heights. And so this display of courage and uh, 
blissful naivete, I guess, um, touches the heart of blue-haired girl who decides that even though she was uh, uh, shunned by all her teammates for being too good for them, like literally she was too talented and they wanted her to drop down to their level, and so she refused and her team abandoned her, and that's her trauma. Um, (laughs) uh, Decides like, okay, fine, but like if I'm going to join, we're going to be the best, so I hope you're ready for some hard training. And she's like, yay, and so they were open, uh, cute blonde girl as well. And they've got three out of the five people they need to form the cheer club. Uh, we've already seen the other two uh, that they sort of give away in the ED that's actually the OP. Um, we see like little snippets of them earlier in the episode. Uh, and so they're going to form a cheer club and it's going to be anima cheer and it's going to be cheery. Yeah, the. Uh, it. <clears throat> I've never heard of a sports team. That. um ejects somebody for being too good. Typically, she wasn't ejected. It was more that her team just kind of turned on her. That mm, it was that was very Japanese. That was very much that uh, blue-haired girl got too good and was too into cheer in a way that separated her from the hive mind, um, where the other girls were kind of like, "Yeah, we do cheer," and this other girl was like, "No, we do cheer." Um, <laughs> And and so the hive mind uh, doesn't like people who don't conform to the hive mind, and got a that was that was very believable. I, mm-hmm. I I felt that, but for me, it's like I mean, don't you want internal competition in your team, in any team, it's work or whatever? You want a level of internal competition because it it. It creates a situation by which people want to be better. People want to be as good as the best person that they interact with. Hmm. So, and I feel like that's something that we do see a lot in um, other sports anime is like kind of that internal competition. I guess the difference here is that she had that mentality, but no one else on the team did. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and that's what ended up leading to that. I thought that it might be like a cultural thing, like Ryan said, but to me, it's like, and I'm sure it is. But it's just doesn't make any sense to me. Like it's it's so outside of the realm of my understanding of of the world and and working with other people in groups. Um, it just it, it it felt like nonsense watching it. Um, which again, it's probably just a cultural thing. But still, I actually was really impressed uh, that blue haired girl had the balls she did, and the team was like, "Come down to our level." And blue haired girl was like, "No, no, I'm better <laughs> yeah. than you. You come up to mine." what the fuck like that that to me like i i i thought the same thing i, th- I thought she was uh very brave for doing that and then also kind of a bitch for being like no i don't want to I, I don't cheer anymore because my friends got mad at me you're good at it do it what do you it's high school i guess like, yeah well yeah that, that's why am i thing, trying to just... apply logic to it <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, that's her that's her inner conflict is that you know she she wants to keep doing cheer but then like and she even has that little sort of flashback that happens when pink hair girl says like hey you're special to me um being special was the thing that caused her the trauma and so she kind of has a flashback because of that and so she doesn't want to be special anymore until she's convinced by pink haired girl they're like no i'm gonna be there for you and i'm gonna work hard and um all that uh, we're gonna try our best together <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> um i actually didn't hate this show um I thought it I didn't was either. I, I'm I'm mm. I'm being kind of hard on it, but mm. yeah, I, yeah, no, I, it's, I didn't hate it. We're, we're poking fun at, but it was like it was kind of like lighthearted and fun, and like I thought that it was, it, like it it was kind of comedic. Um, you know, incidentally, like pink-haired girl, um, 
wasn't nearly as obnoxious as that type of character typically is. Um, she was just kind of like... I still found her pretty obnoxious. Yeah, I, I, I didn't, feel but like maybe it's just my mood the at the way time. The I don't know. show did it, I felt like she was as obnoxious as she usually would be, except that the way the show played it is like, you as the viewer are in on that. Mm-hmm. It, it, it didn't feel like you were being subjected to it so much as it was like, everyone in the show also knows mm-hmm. she's obnoxious. Like, this is... Yeah. Because, yeah, there were actually scenes, too, where, like, she's off screen and we're, like, we're hearing people talk about her from, like, you know, other people. And so, like, first of all, she's a really good person, it sounds like. She's helping people out with things right. all the time. Um, and so that, like, makes her a little bit more endearing. And then also, like, we see with blue-haired girl and blonde-haired girl, like, kind of, like, what is up with her kind of thing? But, like, because, like, they're kind of, like, the voice of reason, we're kind of able to sort of, like, okay, that's just her yep. being quirky. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I think, like, sort of what you said, she is obnoxious, but, um, and kind of, like, that we sort of learn because of the other people's perspectives that she's obnoxious, but that's also earnest. Um, right, and so right, she kind of endears right. herself to you a little bit. It doesn't and feel so, hollow. It doesn't feel yeah. like obnoxiousness for the sake of obnoxiousness. It mm. feels like everything she does, like you said, earnest. It, everything mm. she does, she feels like it's the right thing. She, When she climbs a tree and jumps out of a tree like a moron, because <laughs> she is a moron, when she does that, she's earnestly doing it in order to inspire this other person to join her in her quest to be the very best like no one ever was. <laughs> and it, it's, it's, it's this kind of thing that makes her feel more real, I think, mm-hmm. than other equally obnoxious characters. Yeah. Um, where it helps that she's a good person. It helps that we know that she's very helpful. And it also helps that we can identify to a certain extent with blue haired girl and blonde haired girl. And Mm -hmm. like, she's too good for this world. We've got to make sure she doesn't get herself hurt. Like this is, (laughs) you know what I mean? It kind of makes you identify more with that than with obnoxious MC. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. So yeah, no, I, I actually enjoyed this. It was a, it was just kind of like, like I said, a fun, kind of lighthearted show. Um, the characters were kind of endearing. Um, it was humorous. So right, I didn't hate it. It's not my jam. Mm-hmm. This, this is not. I'm never gonna watch this again. This is not the kind of show that I want to watch. Mm-hmm. But having watched it, yeah, it's not bad. I, yeah. I didn't hate it. I found myself bouncing back and forth, like. I am totally down for two of these three girls to be cute and be in a cheerleading club. It's just the mm. one. I just, <laughs> ah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of funny, too, because, like, in a way, she's kind of the comic relief character, but she's also MC. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, almost if it was, like, if, say, like, Blonde Girl was actually MC, and it kind of seems like they're going for kind of, like, a, a duo or trio thing, where mm-hmm. we're sort of, like, following the three of them more or less equally, even though Pink Hair is, like, clearly the leader character. Um, but if it was kind of, like, almost like a Haruhi Suzumiya thing, where we, we're looking at the point of view of the, the straight person um, and sort of getting dragged along on this weird adventure by right. the quirky person. And so they can still be endearing. You can they can still grow on you, um, but you're still kind of like firmly entrenched in like the the real world, as it were. Right. Um, whereas if we're sort of following from Pink Hair's perspective, then we're kind of it, we don't have quite as much of that. But I think they struck a, a decent balance in that regard. I think they I think they did too. They they also I don't I don't one of the things about it. 
I don't know if the audience for this show skews younger, but it kind of feels like it. Mm. Um, because it doesn't have, because look, if it, if it didn't, I feel like cheerleading is a perfect opportunity for shit tons of fanservice, and we didn't really have that. We mm-hmm. had one one thing that was just an illustration in the background to make another character feel embarrassed. It was played as comedy. It wasn't fan service. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think the audience for the show might also skew a little younger. Well, mm-hmm. I, I think the audience, the target audience for the show is uh, dudes like me who like watching cute girls doing cute things anime. <laughs> well, that's that's fair too. <laughs> it's, it's a fine audience to be in. I I it could be absolutely that. It, it, and also, there's crossover too. Like, I watch Batman: Brave and the Bold. That's a show for seven year olds, mm-hmm. and I love it. So it's it's like you know you kind of kind of like an all audiences sort of right. Thing. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, ratings for this show, then, Chris, you want to start? Sure. Um, so premise didn't particularly interest me. Um, I'm actually not a huge fan of this particular style of cheer. Like I totally have respect for the people who do it because it does take a ton of coordination and athleticism. Um, but I just have flashbacks of high school um, uh, pep rallies and the uh, the inevitable uh, secondhand embarrassment. Uh, so uh, yep. just like I, it, cheer unto itself doesn't interest me. So that's a no. Um, but the production impressed me. Um, this one's close because it's actually really solid. Um, I really liked the art style quite a bit. Um, I thought the characters were pretty like well animated and well done. Um, but I'm gonna say no just because it didn't like super jump out at me. Um, did the storytelling impress me? Actually, yeah. Um, for the same reasons I've kind of explained, where like I thought that it was endearing and kind of charming, lighthearted. I actually kind of did enjoy the storytelling, so I'll give that a yes. Um, and it also had some good character depth, like. It, it had an interesting arc with blue hair and with pink hair trying to get blue hair back in, and it, it you know, was was clearly like fiction. I don't know if it would have played out that way IRL, but the story made it make sense. And so actions have good. motivations, mm-hmm. and this show had actions with motivations, and that's all you really need. Yep. Um, did I enjoy the first episode? Yeah, like I said, I I kind of had a fun time watching this. Uh, did the first episode make me interested to see more? Nah. <laughs> um, maybe I'll watch another episode or two, but I don't think it's one that I'm going to like track down and keep watching. It was just kind of the first one was fun. So, uh, was that a three or a two? Um, I don't premise remember. no, production no, story enjoy. So two, two, two overall. All right. Yep. Dean, I'm kind of in the same boat. Uh, I also don't like this style of cheer for that reason and also because I've seen the Penn and Teller bullshit episode on cheerleading and it kind of ruins the whole thing for you um <laughs> it, it really does have you watched it I don't think so no I'm familiar I, with uh, bullshit but yeah yeah I, I recommend the cheerleading episode it's it is um it's one of the ones that's just scary it's it's just scary um mm. so I, I'm not a huge fan like you said of the style of cheer but uh the production I'm a little. It wasn't impressive. It it was fine. So I'm I'm actually not gonna give it a point there. It because it didn't stand out. Mm-hmm. It was okay. Um, the storytelling, same boat. Yeah, I, I I thought the the for the story that they're telling, everything they did was on point. 
Mm-hmm. It's like that. They had actions that had motivations, and they had characters whose actions fit their personalities, and all of that is really all you need. You know, <laughs> like you don't you don't really need to. That's all you really need to be good, mm-hmm. and even impressive is just have things make sense, and they did. Um, did I enjoy watching the first episode? I'm gonna say yes. I actually did enjoy it. Um, the chair joke was good. Um, the joke throughout the episode where she keeps mispronouncing cheer and saying chair. And so every time she says that to somebody, they have a thought bubble that a chair pops up in. But it could have been a bad joke if it were the same type of chair every time. Mm -hmm. But instead of it being the same type of chair every time, they have different styles of chair Mm -hmm. that these people are thinking. That kind of, what what, what do you kind of actually tells you something about the characters they're having that thought too like the teacher the teacher's picturing a massage chair because she's probably overworked Mm -hmm. and stressed and the blonde haired girl pictures just like a i don't remember a desk chair or something it's just very straightforward chair that's the first joke but it was pretty much just a straightforward diner dining dining set chair it was Mm -hmm. and our our blue haired girl uh pictures like a really ornate kind of like regal antique, antique purple, yeah. Yeah. chair yeah mm-hmm. so it, it, I thought the gag was good because it made me laugh every time it happened because the chairs themselves were unique and if it was just that same basic mm-hmm. dining chair every time it would have been like quick quick stop yeah. Uh, yeah. but they found a way to make it work and I, I like that a lot I appreciate it mm-hmm. um that's not the reason I enjoyed it. I mean, that's a thing I enjoyed. Um, and did the first episode make me interested to see more? Nah, it's just not my jam. Uh, it's I, I can tell objectively that this is probably fine for people, someone, mm-hmm. somewhere. I don't know who. Uh, I'm not. I'm not actually sure. Well, maybe maybe Ryan, who likes watching cute girls do cute things. Hey. Um, I can tell objectively that this is that this is a fine show. It's just not my jam at all. And uh, so. I'm not interested to see any more. Same it just occurred to cause... me yeah. that arguably this is kind of like a weird in-between of an idol anime and a sports anime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the characters are characters in this rather than mm. flat, annoying idols. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. For me, that was a two for you, Dean. Yeah. All right. Same scores, Chris. For largely the same reasons. <laughs> Did the scenario interest me? Yes. Uh, I'm all about the cute girls doing cute things, slice of life, anime. Uh, did the production impress me? No. It was um, pretty standard. Actually, no, fuck it. I'm going to give it a point. Just because the background characters actually move. It's not static mm. backgrounds. Um, and they're like some interesting conversations happening in the background, even. Um, background conversations that play into the plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so actually, I'm going to give it a point for production. Story. Did the storytelling impress me? I'm going to go ahead and give it a point here. Uh, it's not super impressive for its genre, the slice of life, cute girls doing cute things, because that genre lives and dies by its storytelling, because uh, that's, all it's got basically and so mm-hmm. characterization and dialogue and things um have to be good so it's pretty standard for the genre but because that's the thing the genre does well it is better than anime in general 
Uh, so it gets a point. Did I enjoy the first episode? Yeah, I did. Um, I was kind of back and forth. Main character is a little obnoxious. I've complained about that. But overall, um, uh, like Chris talked about why and how they kind of make it work and not make it overbearing. The first episode make me interested to see more. Actually, no. And that's kind of a, a product of this season. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I haven't seen... I haven't seen all of the shows that I want to check out yet. And I've already signed up for nine anime this season. So, <laughs> um, the show just... Like, looking at limited time and the shows I want to watch... Um, you know what no we specifically changed the wording on this question so I am going to give it a point I'm going to give this a perfect five Um, I am not not going to watch watch it it, Mm -hmm. because of the reasons I just said but given unlimited time this is a show that I would watch so a five for me because I am the target demographic uh, which brings our total score (laughs) for this show to a nine or 60%. Which it probably deserves. Mm-hmm. It's it's objectively pretty good. Um, it's just, just like that. It's just not my jam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, the last show we have to talk about is Dot Gridman. S-S-S-S Dot Gridman. Dean, you want to tell us about this show? Yeah, yeah. Let me do, uh, let me go to start, run... SSSS.Gridman. Okay. There. That's going now. So, we have a show. This is actually a remake slash reimagining of an old television show uh, from the same people who brought you Ultraman, which is... We just got, I believe, like a 50th anniversary of the Ultra series. Not 50th. A, uh, it was a 20th anniversary of the Ultra series, right? That we got an anime for? It was the one with the pencil? Oh, yeah. Was that yeah, the same that's, characters? I have no idea. I think it's this. I think it's this. The overall Ultra Universe that got hmm. that that was for. Oh yeah. Um, I don't remember the name of that I mean, show. I don't know if it was I their universe so much. It was just like the biggest stars of their various shows. Yeah, show I don't know if it was good. Ultra. It, it was definitely that genre, though. I liked that um, show. What was the name of it? I can't remember, but it was a cool show. Um, Infinity show, though, Force. We, Infinity, Infinity Force, Infinity right. Force. Good superhero show. Um, so here we have a an event that happens uh, that looks like a star splitting into five stars, and that's all we get of that, which is fine because it, it's something happened, and now the effects of the thing, right? We don't. I don't have to know what happened to the that star that split into five stars that caused this thing. I just need cause effect. That's how stories are told. <laughs> anyway, um, so dude wakes up. We get this main character, dude. He looks like he's probably mid-high school. Uh, he wakes up in this chick's house. Uh, and he's in this chick's house. We don't know why. He's just there. He wakes up in it. And he's like, hey. Uh, oh, we know, you know why. I've woken up now. <laughs> well, she tells us later on that he just kind of passed out at her door. Uh uh, but why he was at her door, we don't know. Uh, but she she asks him, she's like, hey, you know, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I don't feel too bad. I, I just, I'm 
I've woken up and I'm going to go use, she's like, the restroom's down the hall. He's like, okay, I'm going to go to the restroom. And he goes and he goes like, wait a minute. Who in the shit am I? <laughs> and it was like, it, it made sense because if you were to wake up tomorrow and lose a good chunk of your memory, including who you are, I feel like you would do that. Yeah, you I wouldn't, like you wouldn't you, realize immediately. It'd take a bit. You're thinking about and you're mm-hmm. like, wait, hold up. Yeah. <laughs> right. Why Why am I? Who am I? Like, I, I feel like they did it right. I feel because he didn't yeah. wake up and immediately was confused. Yeah, he woke we, up we, from a daze, mm-hmm. answered we, we a, to... a normal question. Sorry. We no, to, we, yeah. no, what was it? <laughs> we, we tend to crap on the amnesiac thing on this show. Um, it's a trope we see in a ton of anime, um, and we almost never like it. I, I still um, don't so like it I saw here. Was, yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I I don't know that either. I like it, but I feel like it was done better than I've seen it, typically. I agree right. with that. I, I, I think the same. Um, I think you could have just as easily told this story with it being, maybe he forgot the last day or something like that, but... but so he wakes up and then he's like blah blah, blah and things start happening to him because I, he was chosen for some reason. I wouldn't um, I wouldn't remove his memories at all. I would have him give him some dumb reason for being in that neighborhood and have him inexplicably pass out in front of her house. There's a reason for being in that neighborhood though that they're going to tell as the show goes. Hmm. Because she is when she when she he tells her that he can't remember anything, who he is and all that stuff. The, she has an emotion when she says you don't remember what happened yesterday and he says no oh yeah I forgot about that you're mm-hmm. right right she has an emotion they're connected mm-hmm. they either somebody confessed to somebody or something happened mm-hmm. um, and then later on she says that like sorry to burst your bubble but like you know we've never really talked before today or whatever um, exactly. so I have a feeling that what might have happened um, based on her reaction, that sort of things that like he might have confessed to her or vice versa, like he said, and um, he doesn't remember that happening. But they really weren't friends before then. Um, so or, like she's she's telling the truth, but right, it's possible, or it's possible that they were friends, and it's the embarrassment of liking someone, mm-hmm. and so she's like, no, I don't fucking know you. She took that opportunity to out from the embarrassment. Yeah, was so rather go than. Yeah, but at the same time, they were in in the classroom. The girls are like, "Oh, we're, I heard you were like uh, with the boy today," and she's like, uh, "No, I wasn't." And he's like, "Hey, thanks for yesterday." They're like, "Ah, you liar!" Um, yeah, right. So it, that implied to me that she actually hadn't really interacted with him much before, but it That's could be that way possible. too. Yeah, it, it's, it's definitely possible. possible. Mm-hmm. Um, it could go. Uh, I think actually, given that scene, it probably goes more your original way. But yeah, um, it, that's one one of the things that I actually thought was kind of cool about this was that. In in a in a lesser anime, mm-hmm. her emotions wouldn't have come across, mm-hmm. and they did in this. And you can tell that she's kind of dejected by the fact that he doesn't remember what happened. Um, but anyway, sorry. He wakes up and he doesn't know where he is or anything. And he goes to they they go down and they do something. I believe they go to a store. I actually can't remember what they do. And then they, they go to a seven two one. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> they go to totally a, not seven <laughs> eleven. Yeah, no, not at all. And so they come out of that, and she's like, okay, you got everything you need? You can go home now. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll just go home. I don't know where my home is. <laughs> and it, it makes sense. It makes mm-hmm. sense that if you're just a person, and you know you're a person, and you behave like a person, but you can't remember anything, it makes sense that you would go, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just going to head home. Where's home? 
<laughs> where, where, where do I live? <laughs> right. Because you know you live somewhere and you expect to just be able to walk there. But, um, so she, like, texts somebody and gets his address and and they she walks him to his house and he finds out that his parents are gone for a little bit, which is a nice, nice, good way to get the parents out of the way so you can tell your story. <laughs> They're on vacation or whatever. A business um, trip. They won't be back. Yeah, business trip. They won't be back for months. And mm-hmm. so now we can tell our story without having to worry about the parents. And um, so he goes at the junk shop where that he that the girl whose whose place he woke up at she lives above a junk shop that her that her mother runs. And so he goes by the junk shop and a computer starts talking to him. He says, "Hey man, uh, what's up?" And he's like, "You're a computer, not a thing." And no one else can hear it or see what's on the screen. He's talking to the girl and she's like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "This computer." is talking to me. See that guy, that cool looking guy from who looks like he's from a, a, a nineties superhero, Japanese superhero show. That's like power Rangers and Ultraman. See that guy on the screen. He's talking to me. And she's like, no, that screen is off. That, that piece of junk doesn't work. And he says, uh, okay. So All the computers I'm crazy. are scary. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so they get ready to go to school. So they, they go to school and he sees a kaiju is just still. And it's just standing there. And it's big. And no one else sees it. He looks up and he's like, a fucking kaiju! And she's like, the, the hell are you talking about? What, where? There's nothing... What? And he's like, I'm insane. And so they go to school and then they come, things happen. They talk to a friend. They go back to the junk shop. And we get a little bit of B-plot of, you know, your classic... Uh, villain on a TV screen sort of villainy and then you get uh yada 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 kaiju attack and there's a big kaiju there attacking things and now people can see it it's real now for some reason and it's like burning shit down and it kills things and it's obviously like there are shots in this that are so reminiscent of if you've ever watched the old Godzilla movies they always have a shot that's like low on the pants of the Godzilla suit that the guy's wearing and he's like kicking a bus over or something. They do those shots so that they can get shots without having to put the entire suit. He just wears the suspenders with the pants and then kicks a bus and they, they shoot all that stuff without the top half of the suit on because it's really hot in those suits and people will pass out. And so but but they have that shot in it where like the kaiju's foot comes and kicks a bunch of cars, bunch of cars. A lot of people dead, and they, 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 the, the, the computer starts talking, and Gridman on the computer is like, "Hey, you gotta embrace your destiny, or remember who you are. Thing. It's yeah. time for us to awaken." Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so the friend is there, and the girl is there, and he's talking to the computer, and then he gets sucked into the computer, and the friends are like, huh? and. <laughs> Then Ultraman appears outside, not Ultraman, Grid- Gridman, not Ultraman, appears <laughs> outside, and he's big and gigantic, and he fights the kaiju, and the friends are like, shit, what's the, what, 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 he's getting his ass kicked out there, and he is getting his ass kicked out there, and they look up and they see that the, 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 the sort of skin on the neck of the creature is sloughing off a little bit, and they're like, oh, that's the glowing weak spot in this show. We can we can tell him that the neck is is the glowing weak spot, like like in a video game or whatever, and so they don't actually say that. 
That's that's my analysis. And they, Actually, I'm pretty yeah. sure the the one dude character was like, "Wait, this is just like one of my Japanese video games." He doesn't right, say exactly. Comic, this is but. just one of my Japanese video games. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he he's so, like, "This is like that's that's the weak spot." I gotta let him know somehow. And so then, right. um, uh, they go the girl to type like, onto yeah, the yeah. broken ass computer. She sits down mm-hmm. and she's like, "I'll tell him what you say." And she's mm-hmm. a really fast typist, and that's her job in this show. That and being kind of cute. And so, kind of. And so they have kind of. I know, I know. I I like this character way too much. <laughs> so she's sitting there and she's typing, and uh, he's like, "I hear you, buddies." And he goes and he attacks the kaiju and breaks its. Snack I'm not your dies. buddy, pal. <laughs> I'm not your pal, friend. <laughs> and they go, and like. So he beats the kaiju, and then he gets gets shit out of the computer again, and he's like, what just happened? And they're like, we don't know, but we're strangely cool with it. And then the next day, the next day, everything's fixed for some reason. Like, the school was burned down and all of this shit, and it's all fixed. Everything's fixed. Um, and yeah, the girl in this show is far too attractive on both a... Not even necessarily an aesthetic level, but her personality is wicked hot, and it has no right to be. <laughs> Legs for days. There is that. <laughs> you clip the mic. <laughs> there is that, but yeah, her her personality is. Uh, I'm not your friend, guy. <laughs> um, yeah, her personality's wicked hot. I, I don't know why I like this personality on this girl. She's also made interesting by the fact that somebody confessed to somebody. We know this. Um, and I shouldn't say we know this. It's not in this show, but it's heavily implied. It's implied. Or yeah. there's some twist to it where it's actually something like just as intimate, but not quite so um, like tropey, if that makes sense. Um, right. Something else could have happened that was significant, but not what we think. So, right. um, yeah, I'm interested to see where they go with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like I kind agree. of my overall impression of this show, um, obviously it's a trigger show. And so we go into it with high expectations. Um, Fuck yeah. I, I think um, we look at, you know, Darling and the Franks yeah, and I was, based on what we talked about. And that, like, so that's that's part of my point is that. I it sounds like based on what you were saying, Ryan, when we were discussing it at the end of the season, that was actually a lot more a one with trigger kind of like setting them up for success, whatever success they had, but not really trigger doing it. If that makes sense. This is even other trigger shows, though. Trigger Mm -hmm. is the Stephen King of anime. They just don't Mm -hmm. know how to end the story. I don't know. I've enjoyed. Um, I liked both Gurren Logon and Kill a Kill. How they ended those. Mm-hmm. Gurren Logon ended really well, but Kill a Kill kind of drug on. Mm-hmm. Um, to me anyway. Although Gynax was Gurren Logon still Gynax? Gurren Logon was Gynax. technically still Gynax. Yeah. 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 Um, same team though. I mean, it's yeah, yeah, same kind of like creative core. Um, and so obviously high expectations for this. And so when I found out that it was Gridman, and like I kind of recognized and I looked it up, it's like okay, so yeah, it was a manga in the '90s, and it was that live action TV show. Um, it felt to me a little bit like playing it safe. Like we're gonna go with some beloved property um, that I guess is probably more popular over there than it was over here. Um, and it's mechs. We we are trigger guy next. We do mechs. We know mechs really well. And so it yeah. felt like kind of a safe move in that regard. But then they kicked ass with it. 
Um, yeah. Like they took this thing that was like super hokey. If you watch the first episode of the live action show, um, you can like see like kind of the same basic premise, but it's like super, super dumb looking. Um, but they managed to take the source material that was kind of honestly like it's, it's a kid show ultimately. But then they translated into something that felt very real and very cool and still managed to keep that kind of like high energy um, all ages campiness at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, super, super well done. The Dude. animation was amazing. The art was amazing. Oh my I was going to ask the like, animation, um, school, it the, felt the school so... felt lived in. Mm-hmm. Like the school yes. actually felt like it was full of yes. kids doing actual high schooler things. Um, the environments just felt really real. Um, they kicked ass with the production. I was going to ask, did you guys uh, mention that um, when they realized that main character can't remember anything, they did the thing that a normal fucking human would do and took him to a doctor. Yeah. Yes. That is... Oh, man. And then, that, it, it just made sense. The the kaiju and the robot squid man have a sense of weight. Like mm-hmm. They do have the, a sense of weight. At the same time, though, it kind of at certain points feels like a guy in a suit. <laughs> did you notice that? No. Well, the kaiju is implicitly a robot, so. Well, kind of, but if you, if you, I don't know, the way they animated it, I, I, I love those old Godzilla movies and stuff like that. That Those are so much fun to watch, and they're so, they're, they're kind of bad, but they're a ton of fun. And it felt, in the way they animated it, like, you can tell watching a Godzilla movie, you can tell it's a guy in a suit. And some of the shots, especially those low shots with the feet kicking cars and things like that, felt like a guy in a suit to me and I loved that I mm. loved every second of it on top of that did you notice a little bit of shaft influence in the animation in the, in the editing uh no what do you what do you how do you mean there was a little bit of shaft in here man if you if you watch the way that they cut certain things and stuff like that you can uh and some of the character movements a little bit but um oh, I love the one scene of, where um, MC and the girl are talking back and forth and they're speeding up the conversation by like actually like cutting but right. it's not just like you can actually see that like there was like some sort of like artifacting that they added to make it clear that these are cuts not it's just hard, yeah, yeah it's hard cuts to, to different frames of mm-hmm. posing and, and the questions are coming fast mm-hmm. and uh, that felt a little bit shaft some of the other editing in the show felt a little bit shaft and th- the characters especially when they were kind of posy it it felt really shaft go back and watch this episode with 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 uh monogatari in mind mind. yeah yeah go back and watch it with monogatari in mind and it'll it 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 kind of sticks out because i'm i'm watching it and it was that scene that made me think shaft even though shaft hasn't really done like that exact kind of thing but it felt kind of off the wall and avant-garde the way that shaft kind of does things um and then later on, I'm looking for it, and there's there's definitely a little bit of shaft in here, hmm. uh, in in some of the style stylization of the editing and and the way that they've drawn and posed characters and things like that. I thought it was, uh, which by the way isn't bad. Hmm. It, that's that's like there's a reason Shaft is considered to be, especially early Shaft work, is considered to be some of the best anime ever made. Um, so yeah, it was. I dug it. I dug this thing all the way through. Did you? And uh, did you get to the end of the episode after the fight? Talk about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, when they're well, when, when they the when they back. go back and everything's put back together, yeah. like but, the school's okay and 
So the, does anybody remember what happened? No. So my Outside understanding, and this is, I can't say this for sure, but like when I went back and sort of scrubbed through that first episode of the live action show and from the nineties, um, I got the impression that's one of Gridman's powers is he's able to kind of like restore things that get fucked up by the Kaiju. Um, but if that is indeed the case, they don't indicate that in the end of the first episode. They just sort of have, um, the thing where, uh, they show up in the school is fine. They're like, wait, what the hell is this? Um, so and it's, did a, it's a point of intrigue. Of people, like did thousands of people just disappear or have you guys yeah, only seen the first episode? Yeah. I yes. only watched it last night. So ah! <laughs> the show is interesting. I didn't know you watched ahead. This... I'm, I'm, I'm enthralled now. What? <laughs> okay. Is it, does it, first of all, it stays good. Damn it. It has potential. It's not bad yet. Okay. It has potential. If if I trusted them after Darling and the Franks, I would be <laughs> super on board for this show. As it stands, I am just nominally on board for this show. Darling and the Franks for me was strike one. Uh, and knowing how much A1 was involved, it's, it's kind of... I'm willing to give them that. Uh... It, again, if, if this ends up being garbage, it's like, okay, Trigger, what the fuck you doing? You're, you're not good anymore, I guess, is the problem. So, <laughs> I guess, alright. At the beginning of episode two, uh, they realized that the two girls from... Oh, you got... Oh, 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 you guys don't know who the villain is either, do you? No. Oh. All we see of the villain is uh, what looks like a character that's drawn in the style of an Ultraman character, right? Much like Gridman is, um, on a TV screen, and somebody is molding a kaiju in clay. That's all we see of the villains. Okay, so I have to be really careful how I describe this. Not that it really matters. Um, watch this. Watch more of this show. Um, well, there's only like four episodes out, so you can't spoil too much. No, I can't. But, um, so basically what happens is, uh, two of, oh God, I can't remember her name. The main girl, the lead female, um, two of her, a blank too. two of her friends that were in the volleyball club, uh, died when the kaiju attacked the school and blew up the yeah, which thing. is which is implied when she mm -hmm. says at the end of the kaiju fight they're like trying to be all like that was awesome and she's like I'm really worried about my friends right now mm -hmm. and it was real it was also implied when the camera shows one of the fireballs coming right at a girl who's sitting there outside the school so those two girls are dead so she goes back they they died in the fight so she goes back to school and she's like where are my two friends and the entire class is like who are you talking about mm. oh no hmm. Interesting. oh that's so cool so I'm just going to leave it at that <laughs> um, are his parents dead but, um, <laughs> holy shit his parents could be dead they're gone. They're on a business trip for months, which seems like the perfect cover story to get somebody to forget about their parents. Did his parents die? Maybe everyone is dead, and that's uh, why I can't remember. I'm just going to say it's unlikely. Okay. All right. Fair enough. 
Yeah, so I mean, I think though that like with the the interesting little like thing at the end where we see the school back intact and we don't know what that means yet, like if you're not familiar with the source material, because I wasn't that familiar with it before I watched this, I was only aware there was a thing that existed. Um, and then that and how, even though it is like super campy and its premise, like this is definitely like a kid's superhero giant robot show, right? Much um, like much like all of these, Ultraman mm-hmm. and Power Rangers yeah, yeah. is just a reskinned version of one of these mm-hmm. types of shows. Yeah, and given that, I think that, like I said, like with the like Trigger taking the source material and kicking ass with it, um, they managed to make the first episode into something that was actually kind of interesting and intriguing and dramatic, despite its hokiness. If that makes sense, it's ultimately a show about a bunch of kids who are able to communicate with the giant robot through a computer and fight kaiju. But they make it into something more. Um, yeah. And that alone in this first episode, like, we'll see if they keep that up and they keep it interesting. Um, but they actually managed to do something super, super cool with this concept that is honestly pretty hokey. And, like, if I was just looking at the kaiju fight and the mech battle and stuff like that, like, as well, anime wasn't as interesting as it was or as cool as it was, I should say, not necessarily interesting. Um, if it was if that was all there was to the show, trigger or not, I'm not sure if I'm into it. Um, I'm intrigued to see what treatment they give to the actual character story that surrounds it. That's the case. For some reason, I always forget Kiznaiver. So, holy mm. shit, is that not one of the best stories uh, and character-driven shows ever? That's I dug it. That's so. Given what I've just told you, that the the classmates who died, no one remembers, and that thousands of people died in this kaiju attack. Show raises a really interesting question. The three or four episodes I've seen, they haven't explored it meaningfully yet. But Kiznaiver set up exactly the same thing, where Kiznaiver was like, all right, here's this premise. And you're like, oh, wait, I have these questions. And later on, Kiznaiver's like, all right, now it's time to answer your questions and address all these issues. And they do it in a really interesting way. So Trigger definitely has the ability to uh, make a super fucking fascinating show out of this. They've definitely shown that they're aware of the questions they're setting up. It's just after after Darling and the Franks, they have lost some of my goodwill. Mm-hmm. This is this show is as much about the show as it is about was Darling and the Franks a one's fault or Trigger's fault? Um that's part of the reason that I really want to stick with the show. Mm-hmm. Because just like that, Gurren Lagan is amazing. Uh, uh, half scissor. Fuck, I already kill forgot the name of the show. Um, kill a kill. Kill a yeah. kill. Kill a kill. The ending drug on a little bit, but overall, it was a great show. I, uh, we're not talking about kill a kill, but I find it really fascinating that it's the ending you feel like drug on. I like kill a kill all the way through. Mid-show, I think it was fine, but so many people yeah. are like the villain of the week went on too long. I'm like, I don't, I don't think that it did personally. But I didn't hate that about. It. I actually kind of liked that. The mm-hmm. Fighting the student council in order to get to that. That was, to me, that's like a clever way to tell that story. Anyway, toward toward um, the end of the, the beginning, the, the villain of the week, it started to drag a little bit for me. But it was like right at the point where I was like, okay, I'm going to give it one more episode and see if it gets more interesting. That episode that I gave, it was the one that was like, cool, I'm back on board. So, right. Um, yeah. Um, Grim Lagan, good all the way through. Kill the kill. Some people have complaints, but overall, it's it's pretty good. Um, Kiznaiver is amazing. Mm-hmm. If you haven't Which, seen Kiznaiver, go fucking watch Kiznaiver. And then... Annie Tube. Darling in the Franks. Annie Tube has 
does not like Kisniver, which fucking blows my mind. But all the analysis I've seen of Kisniver is like, yeah, it's basically Trigger's weakest show. I'm like, man, I'm. Eh. It has its issues for sure. It's not perfect, mm. but it's really fucking solid. Yeah, no. Oh, dude, I wonder if Kiz maybe Niver... part of their issue is I... that Kisniver was trigger writing and not so much all the other triggerisms. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, that's true. Um, it, it's it feels like any studio could have made that show with the same with the same script. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But, at the same time, it's like, so what, man? This is this is Trigger's. It's a showcase of Trigger's writing and and mm-hmm. how good it is and how good it can be. Um, so I I I personally, again, I I, I love it. Kisniver's a show that I can watch forever and ever. Um, and probably need to watch again, frankly. Uh, I need, rather than watching Kisniver again, I need to watch Space Patrol Luluco. Because that's supposed to be an incredible show, and it's also by Trigger, and it came out the same season Kisniver aired, and I still haven't seen it. Hmm. I, I haven't, haven't seen, seen it either. Actually. It's one that I hear about, and it's like, uh, so the Trigger, okay. Everybody says it's good, okay, and I still just haven't gone back to watch the, it. I'm not going to get this exactly right because it's been forever. But the story with uh, Kisniver and Space Patrol Luluco is Trigger took their balls to the wall, crazy ass director, and was like, "All right, you do your own thing." And he spat out uh, Space Patrol Luluco, and they took the rest of their team that does the character writing and the animation and everything, and they're like, "All right, here's kind of a." A story for you to spit out, and that was Kisniver. Hmm. Yeah, it is it. It's, it seems like it's kind of the story of of uh, kind of the story of fuck. There's a movie, and now I've forgotten the title of it. It's uh, it's uh, Lion King. How did I forget that title? I um, <laughs> Lion King was Disney's B team. The hmm. A team was making Pocahontas. And it ended up being that Lion King is a much better movie than Pocahontas. Lion King kicks Pocahontas' ass every day of the week. And that was the B team. They didn't even want to fund that movie. Now, whether or not it's Kimba the White Lion reskinned is another question. But. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, it is. (laughs) It's really fucking good. And so, I don't know. It, It. it feels like it's kind of that situation with Leluco and with Leluco and Kisniver, mm-hmm. um, but supposedly Leluco is really fucking good, and I'm interested in it. I just haven't gone back to watch it. Um, but we run into Darling and the Franks, and that's that. Knowing Trigger's involvement was mostly in the early stuff, or at least that's what I've heard. Yeah, and the early stuff was the best part of that show. Yeah. So I'm I'm, I want to see if Trigger can do this. If they if they do this well, it proves to me that A one killed Darling and the Franks, not Trigger. Yeah, I I agree with that. There's a lot riding on this show in terms of Trigger's reputation. I'd say, at least for me personally, I think so too. Well, I think that's probably the consensus really among the fan base, at least the Western fan base. Um, Which is why it's interesting to me that like while I mentioned that like going with the source material is probably like the safe pick, I also. Just for me personally, I wasn't super into the idea of the giant super robot fighting kaiju thing. They made it more interesting than it had any right to be in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I almost wonder if, like, just for me personally, if, like, the kind of um, let's let Trigger show us that they've still got it um, thing would be for them to do another original IP 
that was more what I think of when I think Trigger, yeah. not this. I agree. I feel like Trigger was probably hired to make this. Mm-hmm. I don't think Trigger went out and said, let's remake this thing. I feel like mm-hmm. somebody got a hold of Trigger and said, hey, guys, make this thing for us. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, it's probably right. So the, the other interesting thing, and I don't... Because I don't know, like... I have also heard a lot of the the same things about Trigger and A1's involvement in Darling and the Franks, but Darling and the Franks and then Dot Gridman back-to-back is really quick for Trigger. They typically have more of a break in between their shows than this, so... Which is true, but only the first half of Darling and the Franks, supposedly. And if that's true, then this makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, because if right. Trigger's involvement is primarily on the creative side, which is kind of the impression I got, mm-hmm. um, kind of like the pre-production rather than the production and post-production, um, then it's kind of like hand off to A1 and our studio's focused on this next Yeah, day. but I don't know how And they could have had they could have had a team doing story work on this thing while they were finishing up their work on Friends. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, they're studios who put out shows in back-to-back seasons all the time. It's not impossible. It's just not typical of trigger. And, and typically those studios are like Dean. <laughs> it's it's JC it's staff, yeah. Right, and that's that's right. when we Triggers, get the CG Fire Nation. That's exactly right. And Trigger tends to be hits. Mm-hmm. Really they've got one miss. And uh, there, they might have others, but it depends a, on how much you like stuff like Inferno Cop. Okay, yeah. That's what I was just, Inferno that's Cop. A different, and, it's a different style. Uh, of Ninja show. Slayer from animation. That kind right. of stuff. Those two were those two are like Adult Swim, Paper Cutout, you know, Aqua Teen Hunger Force style shows. I, I I don't even know if I really count that as part of Triggers. They made those early on. They were first getting started. They were cheap to make. Mm-hmm. And they're also really... shorts, weren't they? Mm, Ninja Slayer uh, was no, full length. Were... Ninja Slayer oh, was okay. like twenty four full length episodes. Oh wow! Okay. Right. So it, it was, I feel like they only made those because they were cheap to make. And I, I, I don't really count those among the kids' nightmares, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that, that seems like a different F- Flagship level. series, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so Trigger, and also if you like that style, you, you totally dig Ninja Slayer in a front of Cop. Because um, I've heard great things about him from people who dig that style. I just can't watch it for very long. Um... So yeah, that's the that's that's I don't know that's my take on it. I, I'm giving Trigger a shot, man, because they've the only time they've let me down in the past, A1 was involved, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that you know. Yeah, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna give them a chance as well, because um, their track record is so good, and you know, occasionally you're gonna put out something that doesn't land, even even if they were fully involved with Darling and the Franks, and it was all them. Um, you know, sometimes shows don't work out, so... Yeah, one mm-hmm. show that doesn't hit, doesn't break this studio. Shaft has made some crap. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I mean, so I'm not... I'm I'm totally down for this. And honestly, them taking a culturally relevant IP like this and putting their own spin on it, to me, is super fucking cool. I'm, I'm totally down for this. It's not culturally relevant to me, but this is being made for the anniversary of this character, so I'm, I'm totally down for it. So, Dean, what are your scores for this show? Um, I'm going to say scenario, remaking uh, Gridman, I'm down for it. Just like I was down for uh, before when they did Infinity Force 
remaking those other characters of the same sort of ilk. Um, totally down for it. Uh, so the scenario does interest me. Uh, the production... There were moments of this, watching it, that I was shocked at how cool it was. Mm-hmm. When they did those shots that made me think of the old Godzilla movies. When they when they did those shots that made me think of Shaft. When they and and it wasn't just trigger homaging other things either. The animation in the kaiju fight is really fucking cool, and. I, I was totally down for this. Totally down for it. The the big matte painting. Oh, God. I totally forgot. The big matte painting of that kaiju no one else can see in the background is gorgeous. That background with that kaiju partially blocking out the sun and the fog. It is... Oh, man, it's cool. Um, And it looked exactly like Godzilla, which is a major thing for me. Like, this is obviously a love letter to those kaiju Mm-hmm. Um. So the storytelling, very impressed with the storytelling as well. Uh, uh, like I said earlier, a lesser studio, we wouldn't have been able to pick up on her emotions and her dejection at having, uh, at him having forgotten the previous day. Uh, obviously this is important to her, and a lesser studio, a lesser show, would not have gotten that across to us. Um, did I enjoy the first episode? I loved every minute of it. And did it make me interested to see more? I'm probably going to watch this entire season. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Is that a five? That was a perfect five for me. Uh, for me, I actually was not interested in this scenario. Um, I'm not really a fan of old kaiju stuff. Infinity Force was good, but I don't care about the Ultraman universe. Uh, as evidenced by the fact that I didn't, didn't even realize these were the same universe is um so no i'm not particularly interested in the scenario but uh i was impressed by the production it's fucking fantastic the storytelling was incredible i enjoy the first episode as um and i have seen more so uh yes i would see more so it's a four for me what about you chris uh pretty similar uh premise did not interest me um just because the the thing that interested me in the show going into it was the word trigger. Um, the grid man was not the thing that hooked me into the show. Um, but did the production impress me? Absolutely. Um, I already said, I thought it kicked ass. Um, and they did an amazing job with it. Um, storytelling, same thing. They took source material that was could could have been super hokey and they made it interesting. And I have to applaud them for that. Um, I did enjoy the Sony first episode. Couldn't even do that with Power Rangers. Remember that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did enjoy the first episode for obvious reasons, and the first episode make me interested to see more. Um, this is almost a no, just for the same reason that the premise didn't interest me. It's like, in a way, I'm almost just watching for Trigger. Um, and yet they did manage to make it intriguing enough, especially at the end. Like, if if they didn't have that like weird teaser with the school at the end, I might have been like. Yeah, I'm going to keep watching it, but not because I'm super interested in it. But now I actually am kind of interested. Um, the characterization and the way they're handling the story makes me want to see more. So that's the I totally agree with that. I think that thing for me is what happened between those two the day before. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that is the thing outside of the trigger name that makes me want to watch this. A lot. Um, mm-hmm. but the trigger name, it, it, it really shouldn't be overlooked. We would. And we haven't overlooked it. We've talked about it a lot. 
um, that the trigger name on this thing does a lot to make me want to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's less about what the show itself is and more about what's trigger gonna do. Yeah. Um. So there's there's some of that there. That's uh, it's almost like I'll read anything written by Stephen King for people who are like that. You know, they'll they they just really like the creator, and so they follow that. And which is honestly not a bad way to consume media. It's one of the mm-hmm. way that it's one of the ways that you're suggested to consume comic books is mm-hmm. not to follow characters. Follow follow writers writers. that you like and yeah, wherever they go, if you like them, you'll probably like the thing they make. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the way that I feel about, about trigger here. Um, Mm -hmm. I I, I feel like in a lot of ways for me, at least trigger is kind of the anime equivalent of Pixar. Mm -hmm. Um, they do really cool creative stuff. They have a very unique sort of brand and, um, they'll miss, but usually, like usually their stuff's pretty reliably good. So Right, right. And usually their misses aren't objectively bad. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like you know, were... like Pixar did Cars 2, which I didn't even bother to see. But then a couple of years later they come out with uh Inside Out, which was absolutely amazing. Um right. so yeah. If 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 Pixar's hucking garbage, it's just because kids love that kind of garbage. It's <laughs> like cars th- uh, two and three and planes. Mm. <laughs> like if, if Pixar's hucking garbage at you it's because they're financing a better mm-hmm. product on the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that brings our total score for this show to a 13 or an 86.67%. Dudes, this episode was fucking stacked. Holy yeah. shit, we had some good shows. <laughs> and also Bakumatsu. I am... <laughs> that too. <laughs> Which of these is ending up in the loser's bracket? Hmm. <laughs> this episode, I was actually looking at this episode and looking at what some of the ideas for some of these shows were, the scenarios, right? I was like, oh, God damn. The only thing here that that's interesting to me is Gridman. But the rest, like, actually having sat down and watched them, there's some good fucking shows this season. Mm-hmm, yeah. Like, weirdly good. And we're almost hitting our quota for good shows per season, which makes me worried for ingress. (laughs) (laughs) Because we're getting close to that, like, five good shows a season cap. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, fall has been, if I remember correctly, last fall was actually a pretty solid season. Mm -hmm. So fall tends to be usually pretty decent, um, which is refreshing after summer. So we (laughs) we have all of these good shows already. And I'm looking at this list, and there's still half a dozen more shows that I've heard good things about that we haven't gotten to yet. Mm-hmm. So cool, really? yeah. Usually, it's not that many. I I agree. This season, I'm I'm really interested to see how this season. I'm goes. curious what we think of some of these other shows. Uh, there's one in mm-hmm. particular that there's some controversy around Goblin Hunter. Goblin Hunter. Um, yeah, I'm, I see a lot of people giving just heaping praise on that show and i'm like people heaped praise on black clover yeah that was <laughs> shit house <laughs> so yeah it'll be interesting it will so uh my dudes it is time for the tournament talk it's a fucking tournament talk I only have the three. <laughs> uh, Dean, will you uh, will you play the clip that explains how the tournament arc works? I will do that. I totally forgot I had it. <laughs> 
Or I would have been playing it already. <laughs> <laughs> Here it is. Welcome to the Annie Files Tournament Arc Season 2, which will determine our best and worst shows of Fall 2018. Right now, we're in the group stage, where each of today's shows will be matched up against every other show, and we'll vote for which of the two shows we would rather watch, not necessarily which one is objectively better. The show with more votes wins, and ties are possible. The two shows with the best overall win-loss records will advance to our 12-show playoffs, which will take place prior to our season recap. The show with the worst overall record will advance to a six-show loser's bracket, which will take place at the same time. Now, let's kick off round one of today's group play. All right. Group B, round one. We start off with a very easy one. Uh, Bloom into you versus Bakamatsu. Bloom. Are you still muted, Dean? I think I know his answer, though. Dean, um, cle- so, clearly voting for Bakamatsu. Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, yeah, Bloom Into You is the one that I'm definitely going for. Sorry, I was still muted. I couldn't get my stuff switched over. Um, uh, so 3-0 in favor of Bloom Into You. All right, next up we have Honda-san versus Anima Yell. It is. Yeah, it is. I think I'm going to go with Honda-san. I liked Anima Yell a lot, uh, but Honda-san surprised me with how much Mm -hmm. I liked it. Yeah, usually it's harder to go for a short over over a, a, a real show, especially a real show that wasn't garbage. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm, I'm going to go with Honda-san, too. I think Honda-san is probably... If you're going to hold a gun to my head and show me these two DVDs, <laughs> Honda-san's the one that I would go with easily over over mm-hmm. Anime Yell. Um, In worst case, it's over quicker, so... <laughs> right. Well, Honda-san, uh, I, I legitimately enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. And Anime Yell's just not my jam, so... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to. It's it's really really close for me, but I think between the two, Honda Sun's probably gonna take it. So, three zero in favor of Honda Sun. All right. Next up, we have I'm glad I could keep running versus SSSSSSSS Gridman. Gridman. It's not an easy decision, but I think in the long run Gridman is going to have more interesting things to say more interesting themes um, where I could keep running is it's going to be an interesting look into voice acting and I expect some cute romance but I, I think in the Gridman's going to be more interesting in the end for me it comes down to trigger or not trigger and <laughs> I'm going with trigger. <laughs> so I'm triggered right now. All right, yeah, no, I'm I'm gonna say the same. Um, it's gonna be three zero in favor of Gridman. So, having some uh some some sweeps uh against some good shows. This is an interesting tournament arc. This mm-hmm. one. All right, Isn't round it? two. Uh, and the buy for that last round was um Juan Yan. Uh, round two, Bloom into you versus Honda San. Bloom. Just because really? just because that show resonated with me so much. Mm-hmm. I think I have to give the edge to Bloom here. These are some really tough matchups. 
I'm kind of in the same. I'm more interested to see what happens in Bloom than to see what happens in Hunt's. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's... Man. Uh, fuck. If I were told to sit down and watch a whole season of one of those two shows... I think Bloom is the one I go because it has a story <laughs> and Honda-san's just skits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think I'm going to go with Bloom on that. Yeah. I think same for me. So Rio in favor of Bloom. <clears throat> All right. I'm glad I could keep running versus Bakamatsu. Running. Running. <laughs> running. Three O running. All right. Zhuan Yan versus Anima Yell. Anima. Anima Yell. Anima. So 3 0 in favor of Anima Yell. And the buy there is Gridman. Round three. Bloom into you versus I'm glad I could keep running. Can we just give Gridman a buy to the finals? <laughs> 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 <It's> like, <laughs> we still have to play the matches, Dean. I know, because they shake out weird sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um. And point sorry, was actually matter this season. Bloom so. versus um, run. Running, yep. Bloom versus... Damn. Right? Oh, this is rough. <laughs> these are both... For me, these are both the exact same level of middling. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm, I'm having a hard time... Invariable <laughs> in the chat. Hello, my name is Dean, and I'm totally not biased toward the Godzilla show. Can next season be entirely Godzilla shows, please? Um, you know, I'm so down for you that. You know what? <laughs> I think I'm gonna go with. I'm glad I could keep running. Um, it just looks really cute, and. I don't know exactly what it is about Bloom, but it's like the only thing I like about Bloom is that I I connected with that one character so much. I feel like other than that, it's kind of a middling show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. I'm gonna go with it. I'm glad I could keep running. Um, I feel like I'm more interested in that subject matter than Bloom. Bloom was super well done for what it is, but just between the two stories. I feel I'm kind of the running. same. It's like if it, I which romance would I rather see unfold, the one in Bloom or the one here that also has the voice acting side of it? I'm 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 gonna have to go with running. All right. So 3-0 in favor of running. Uh, next up we have Jean Yan versus uh, Gagotsu Shotenin Hondasan. <laughs> Sorry, what was that matchup? I was too busy reading chat. <laughs> <laughs> uh Yan versus Honda san. Honda. Honda. Yeah, Honda. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, 3-0 in favor of Honda san. Yan can die in a fucking fire. <laughs> <laughs> uh in this round Bakamatsu does not get beat cuz it's got to buy. Um and then we have uh Gridman versus Anima Yell. Gridman. Uh Gridman, yeah. Gridman for me as well. So 3-0 in favor of Gridman. Round four, Bloom into you versus Jean Yan. Bloom. Oh yeah, Bloom. 
Bloom for me as well. 3-0 in favor of Bloom. Alright, uh, I'm glad I could keep running has a bye this round. Uh, next up we have Gridman versus Hondasan. Gridman. 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 3-0 in favor of Gridman. And then uh, Anima Yell versus Bakamatsu. Yell. 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 3-0 in favor of Yell. Alright, round five. Bloom into you has a bye. We have Gridman versus Ranyan. Gridman. Gridman. <laughs> Gridman, 3-0. Uh, next up we have Anima Yell versus I'm Glad I Could Keep Running. Ooh. Tricky. I, I think I have to go with I'm glad I could keep running. I'm running a mental. I'm running like a mental pro cons, and for every like point, there's another point. Like I'm, I'm having a hard time. <laughs> it, this is really close. It is. Yeah. It's crazy close. Um. Back. Uh, running. I think. All right. 3-0 in favor of running. Oh, that uh, was 3-0? <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know what you guys went with. I was, I was purposefully <laughs> not listening to your choices so that I wouldn't be, yeah. Wow. Not be influenced, yeah. Uh, and then next up we have uh, Honda-san versus Bakamatsu. Honda. Honda, yeah. Honda. 3-0 in favor of Honda. Round six. Bloom into you versus Gridman. 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 Rio Gridman. Uh, Anima Yell has a bye this round. Uh, Bakamatsu versus Zhuan Yan. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Yan. Yeah. Not because it's good, just because it's not Bakamatsu. Oh, God. Drink this poison or eat this bag of dicks. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> I don't know. Dicks has got some good food. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Zhuan Yan? It's got a robot in it. All right. Rio in favor of Zhuan Yan. Finally gets its break. All right. Honda San versus I'm Glad I Could Keep Running. Running. Ooh. Running. Yep. I feel like I enjoyed running better, so 3-0 running. Well, it's for the All same right. reason as the last one for me. It's like, it's like I mean, mm-hmm. one has a story, the other one doesn't. Mm-hmm. Alright, final round. Round 7. Bloom into you versus Anima Yell. Bloom. Hmm. I think Bloom, too. I'm actually feeling anima on this one. So we have our first uh, 2-1 uh, in favor of Bloom. In the most obvious matchup ever, Bakumatsu versus Gr- Gridman. Gridman. Uh, Gridman and also Bakumatsu cuts off its own legs and dies <laughs> like of, of various diseases. Like it cuts off I should, its own I legs have and even it has asked tourniquets the question. I should, have, <laughs> I should have just said, okay, next one is 3-0 in favor of Gridman. And moving on. Okay. 
That's um, not just three O. That's like three negative three. Like it's, it's <laughs> yes, I would like to vote uh, for Gridman and against Bakumatsu, please. <laughs> at the I'd same like to time. do both at once. I'd like to register my displeasure with the other show. <laughs> All right, uh, Honda-san has a bye in this round. Uh, final matchup is I'm glad I could keep running versus Zhuan Yang. Running. 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 3-0 in favor of running. All right. And that's it. First place, Gridman. And second place is I'm glad I could keep running. Those two will be advancing in our winner's bracket. Then Not too bad. Not too bad. We have, in order of win percentage, Bloom into you, Honda-san, Anima-Yell, Zhuanyan, and advancing in the loser's bracket, Bakumatsu. <laughs> Bakumatsu is our only score with a perfect 0-6. Yeah, that was a... And well, the show was shithouse, so what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> it just wasn't good. But can Bakumatsu beat Conception in the loser's bracket? No. <laughs> Conception advances over Bakumatsu in the loser's bracket. I would rather watch Bakumatsu than Conception. That's I, I, still a hard I'm, choice for me to make, honestly. As bad as Conception was. It was so I'm, deeply I'm, insulting. I'm really not interested in Bakamatsu. <laughs> I mean, that's that. All right, that's fair. Uh, this I feel that. back is gonna suck so bad. I know it's gonna be terrible. <laughs> like, but I, I felt more insulted by Conception than I did by Bakamatsu. Like, fair. it was it was purposefully calling me an idiot while mm. it was on my television. <laughs> mm. Mm. Oh man. This has been a surprisingly good episode of Annie Files. Not necessarily in terms of our commentary, but as far as like good episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the, <laughs> like the shows themselves were surprisingly good. Annie Files is always top notch. <laughs> oh, obviously. Annie- Better every time. Annie Files is the premier anime podcast. Part of the Gigak Network, not actually. Part of the part of the Gigak Network and part of the Alternative Internet Radio Network. You can find our other shows at airad.io. Uh, Dean has a show there, and another guy who's a friend of Dean's who doesn't talk about anime with <laughs> us has a show there. Uh, you should. No, he he does not talk about. He talks about politics and gets angry while he does. <laughs> <laughs> like you do. Like you do. <clears throat> Uh, if you like this show, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Files. This podcast is on Apple Podcasts and wherever great podcasts are distributed, which is to say, uh, not on Spotify. Um, right. <laughs> and also, you know, where great podcasts are distributed and also on Stitcher. Yeah, <laughs> Stitcher's included. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Stitcher's Stitcher's radio drama about Wolverine was pretty good. I just I just don't like Stitcher as a concept, or at least I didn't. Oh no, the platform is bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, we're there, I guess. If if you insist on using Stitcher instead of like uh, Overcast or Google Play Podcasts or Beyond Pod or Pocket, Pocket Casts. Casts or... There are so many good 
any Good of the podcast. other million players. The Plex, the Plex app added a podcast function, so like even that's better. <laughs> um, we have a Discord. You can join if you want to talk about anime, video games, or music, or AMVs, or whatever. I I recently was told to stop posting AMVs, so I posted more AMVs. Uh, <laughs> and so, so I went back and looked at the history, and this was a hundred percent not intentional. But the history of the AMVs channel was just me posting YouTube videos, and the thumbnails on every single one was just boobs. I was like, ah, uh, uh, that was. Hmm, I should reconsider my life. Um, <laughs> I posted one there too. The o- one of the only AMVs that I watched on repeat as a kid because I liked the song. But yeah, you can you can join us on Discord. Link is in the show notes. Link in the description of uh, the YouTube video, and and um, uh, there's a little thingy below the Twitch stream. Also, I should add a, a Discord command to the bot. <clears throat> uh. <laughs> The lab boys just informed me that I should have, I should not have mentioned the control group. They're telling me I ought to stop making these pre-recorded messages. That gave me an idea. Make more pre-recorded messages. I pay the bills here. I can talk about the control group all damn day. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vixiers. When life give you lemons, get mad. <laughs> um, we we stream these podcasts live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Xerxy, and then I upload the VODs of the live stream to YouTube. The channel is Annie Files. You thought I was going to say Xerxy, but you are incorrect. <laughs> you can find this show on Twitter, at FilesAnnie, and you can find the Alternative Internet Radio Network on Twitter, at Altnet Radio. I have been your host, Ryan. Like usual, that hasn't changed. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Xerce and on any list, user Xerce. Chris, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at K R U E G E R underscore Chris. Uh, you can also listen to some of my old stuff on the backward compatible.com podcast, Games and New Media with a Splash of Academia. And I'm also the current co-host of the Doc and Kruger cast, the official podcast of Doc and Kruger Games. Dean, where can people find you? I can be found on uh, the Twitter or on whatever Twitter client you prefer. Um, Tweet deck. Because, God, the Twitter app is just not great. <laughs> Tweet deck. Oh, it's bad. Um, But also... It's one of the better clients. Yeah. <laughs> the third-party Twitter client network. I think it's the API. It's a limited API. Anyway, um, Twitter, at uh, Dino Files. That's Dino letter O files like what you pull out of a cabinet. I, uh, damn, I really need to change the flow on that whole thing. It's, it's just not good. <laughs> uh, my show, Dino Files, can be found on... Alternative Internet Radio, uh, same URLs and links, and uh, I stream those live typically, you know, Sunday or Monday evenings uh, when I record them, and I just released the second of two specials, um, uh, a two-part series of specials that might actually have a third part coming up, 
Um, I need to plan it. I released everything that I'd planned so far, but I'm interested in the topic. So, I released the second of those two specials on uh, free expression and arguments uh, for it. So, there you go. Uh, those are out and available uh, wherever great podcasts are distributed, with the exception of Spotify. Listeners, thank you for being here. We'll be back in two weeks to talk about Hangakusei Million Arthur. Goblin Slayer, Irozuko Sekai no Ashtakara, Jingai-san no Yome, Zombieland Saga, Okoshiasu Chitose-chan, Chan, not San, <clears throat> don't give her respect, she doesn't deserve it, uh, and Oregasuki Nanoe Moto Dakidoi Moto Janai. I kind of just powered through that, I hope that was correct. Probably so, not. Right? says, my sister, my writer, whatever that is. Yeah, means. apparently my attempt at translating this in our um, our our seeding stream was absolutely incorrect, so. <laughs> well, they might have uh, taken some liberties with it, too. You might have done, like, the literal translation, and they kind of like, yeah, that's a little too wordy, let's, let's well, rephrase My it. translation um, was not even close to that, though, so... Um, also, of uh, of note for next episode, probably don't want to mention the name because it's not 100% confirmed yet, but we may have a guest as early as next episode. It's going to be great. So, And we oh, do have yeah. guests uh, locked in for groups D, E, and F, as far as I understand. Yep. So, um, yeah, it could be that for the rest of the season we've got guests. Look we'll forward to it. That'd be awesome. Um, the Which one is the Ingress episode? That's F. That's our very uh, that last episode. Okay. Man, we are really starting to reach the quota on on good stuff. So, <laughs> Ingress going this long without having been called good. <laughs> uh, the English translation for Ingress isn't out until November eighteenth. So, um, okay. none of the English speaking community has seen it yet. Okay. Um, there is the still Japanese hope. I don't know. Do I look like the kind of guy who browses two chan? <laughs> the answer is yes, but I don't. <laughs> oh man. Um uh, uh some something something outro. Hey. This show is part of the Alternative Internet Radio Podcast Network. For more great shows like this, visit air at AIRAD.io.